With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right. Welcome in. Vikings Vetline here. Part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Daily Vikings Entertainment and Therapy. It's Mackie. It's Judd. It's our executive producer, Declan Goff. We are back at full strength. That's debatable. This game is so bad. What are they down? 30 to 3 right now? 30 to 10? Okay, they cut yeah. into the. Yeah, there was 20. Yeah, that's, yep. This game is so bad that we said, bleep it. Let's start early and just open up the Vikings therapy room here for fans to express whatever displeasure you guys want about tonight's game, about the season, and look ahead. What needs to happen going forward? If you had the keys to the front office, you know, what the. Uh, Whose doors would you be knocking on tomorrow once the Vikings get back to the uh, practice facility? Jeb, what are you sipping on there tonight? Um, let's see. What would I uh, sip on during a thoroughly embarrassing uh, Vikings game? Good or bad, actually, I would sip on a Surly Furious IPA. That, that my friends, makes everything more tolerable. How about that? Th- this game, not tolerable, embarrassing. Surly Furious helps make my life consistently more tolerable, and hopefully it does yours too. Um, I, I've gotten some tweets of pictures of cans tonight, people showing me their cans. I appreciate right. that. There has to be something good about tonight, right? Surely Furious provides the good in a night like this. Well, I think I mean, you've been saying for several days, if not weeks, that like the good news here is that this was going to be a proper burial for the 2021 Vikings. Yeah, that's true. And now everyone can move forward with clear mind, clear eyes, and make some decisions about the future. Uh, and speaking of clear, I mean, the picture quality on a TCL TV is pretty damn clear. And uh, you can support our show by going out and picking up a TCL TV, a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Before we turn this show over to Vikings fans, and I see uh, we've already got some people in the queue here in the green room so to speak you can but if you want to jump on the show you can email us vikingsventline at gmail.com and declan will send you an invite if we uh if we have room so let's let's go around the room here what is your biggest takeaway from this absolute ass kicking on sunday night football judd uh, unfortunately it is the, the fact of of as embarrassing and as tough as this is to watch if you're a vikings fan it is a necessary step in the latest steps that are going to get us uh, towards change here. Um, I will say this 
even with all of the players the Vikings are missing, I don't think this one is going to sit well with the Wilfs because it's embarrassing. I think there's a difference between we tried hard and lost, and I'm not happy about it, and that was a debacle. And this is, and yes, the, the quarterback is bad. I get that. Uh, but this is a debacle. So I think it'd be a mistake to say that this won't necessarily influence the Wilfs on um, how they feel. It's not going to be their deciding factor, but it's definitely, I think, going to influence them. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not surprising, um, but yet it's just it, – it feels like um, a Frazier-era game. Like, it feels like that now. It feels like we're back to the hopeless, um, the guys who are playing aren't good enough. And so – Unfortunately, I think it probably gets the, a lot of this fan base to exactly where we all need to be eventually, which is the realization that change is necessary. Yeah. I get why they started Mannion in the context of like when the Cousins test came down. That, well, okay, Mannion's been running, you know, second team snaps and mixing in with the first teamers maybe once in a while, and Mond is over here running the scout team. And so. From that perspective, he was just more prepared last minute to come into play. But I think the question's more about what's been going on for the last five months with Kellen Mond, where he, where you're telling me he gave you less of a chance than Sean Mannion gave you tonight. They were going to lose that game. I'll tell you, they were. This is another thing I don't want to hear in the next 48 hours. Well, see, this is what the team looks like without Kirk Cousins, like the Cousins Crusaders doing some sort of victory lap because Sean Mannion the worst backup quarterback in the NFL looked like the worst backup quarterback in the NFL. I mean, Cousins couldn't throw for 100 yards against the Bears, for God's sakes, and disappeared for chunks, huge chunks, against both the Rams and the Steelers. And so I don't want to do this like, look how bad this team looks without Kirk Cousins thing, but I guess if someone's going to do it, at least do it on Ventline so we can duke it out live here as we watch the clock tick down. Um, and I like I don't think it's hyperbole to say that the Vikings have the worst QB two in the NFL. Like I, I haven't seen. I mean, there's been some guys that have stepped in and have looked like QB ones across the league. And I think the only reason why Mannion has been the primary backup to Kirk Cousins for the better part of his four year career is because they are so afraid. Uh, they are so afraid of putting an actual, like, legitimate high upside backup behind him to push him. Like, they don't want to disturb Kirk Cousins. And so that's why Sean Mannion, a de facto assistant coach, is the backup. Like, their their plan B is, we don't have a plan B. If Kirk's Mr. Durable, if he goes down because of COVID or an injury, I guess we're just screwed. That's been their backup plan for four years, basically. So that was my main takeaway. Just another reason why. Got to make some major changes here. Whether it's tomorrow or in a week, got to make some major changes. Yeah, and it, it's so far at this point beyond one position, too. Um, like, it's not a, well, the quarterback, if you do this or that, this thing is, this thing needs to be deconstructed in certain ways that go that go well be, beyond, well, this guy can play, right? I mean, look, this is embarrassing, okay? And and this, this season has been a series of indications from above that change is necessary. Cooper Rush beat you. So so like it it's not like oh my god this game is a shock to us all and we can't believe this. This this year has been uh close defeats in which you have hemorrhage points at the end of halves and games which is not acceptable. Uh Cooper Rush 
Baker Mayfield played a bleeping terrible game here. He beat you. Sam Bradford played a bad game here. He beat you. So, so like Matt Stafford threw like three interceptions. Or yeah, that that's what I meant. I said Bradford. I'm getting oh. old. But Bradford would have too. And Bradford still beat you. Too. Dang it. But this whole thing has just been a sign of a th- you know a, um, a series of signs that it's time. It's just time. Yeah. I don't know what more we can say. So, all right. I think I think with that, let's open it up here. We've got a room full of Vikings fans. This game has been so out of hand. We said, let's screw it. Let's just start in the fourth quarter here. Vikings vent line presented by Surly and TCL TVs. Mackie Judd and Declan here. If you could click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, then we would give you daily Vikings entertainment and therapy and whatever else you need from us on a daily basis. And uh, click the like button, too, if you're just sick of the status quo. If you're just sick of the status quo. Like Daniel there? Like the the whole organization is total crap. Daniel is is not pleased. It's not total crap, though. It's total mediocrity. The Jets organization is total yeah, crap. Yeah, it's not total crap. The Texans are total crap. But I think it's total mediocrity right and, and just kind of sick of the mediocrity. Mm-hmm. All right, Dex, who's first right. out of the gate? Let's go to Octavio. Let's go to Octavio. How's it going? How's it going, fellas? Good, man. How are you? Uh, What's up, Octavio? Man, I, you know what? Just to go and treat your guys' point, but I think Bradford on his two glass knees could have beat us tonight. This is so bad. <laughs> his floppy sleeves was, and two glass was, knees. Yeah, the, the sleeves, man. <laughs> I was watching it with my dad. My dad went inside. He's like, hey, call me if they're going overtime. <laughs> he's he's going to wait for me. So okay. It's, 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 it's terrible, man. It's, it's just embarrassing. And then I was telling my dad, like, people are going to say, oh, it's because of injuries. Every team has injuries. Every yeah. team has COVID. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing at this point. It's, it's such a joke. I'm over it. I hope this is kind of, a, like you guys said, a wake-up call for the Wolves. I don't think they'll fire them. It just doesn't seem like them. I think they're going to go the way of the Bears. They're going to wait till the last week. Even though you know it's it's going to be the battle battle of the bad teams next week, who knows how it's going to go? I'm over it. I really wish they would have put Mod in at least to see what he got. I mean, something they just scored again, yay! Um, it's, it's it's a joke anymore. I'm I'm over it. Um, I love this team. I think I'll never stop loving this team, just like you guys. But it's it's frustrating as hell. Octavio, <laughs> hang in there, dude. That's a that's a great way Julia. to kick off Vikings vent line here. Uh, also, I think Judd, you mentioned Cooper Rush. You know something that was going through my head as the Vikings just kept falling down further, down twenty to nothing, and then thirty to three. And you know, well, what are you supposed to do? You know, you got your backup quarterback in. And what are you supposed to do? It's a road game. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys with a backup quarterback, Cooper Rush, two months ago, went on the road against the Vikings and put up four hundred twenty yards of total offense. You can move the ball with a backup quarterback, all right? And I don't think anyone would look at the Cowboys and say, uh, well, yeah, but, like, that's the 2021 Cowboys. I mean, that is, that's basically like the greatest show on turf, 99 Rams or the 2007 Patriots. I mean, the Cowboys are good, but they have deficiencies. The Vikings have weapons, too. And I get that there's injuries and whatnot, but, like, you, you do have permission to move the ball with a backup quarterback. It is allowed in the NFL. Just yeah. want to throw that out there. I do feel like the purple Kool-Aid dr- a drinking crew, though, is lo- is very small right now. Like, I, I sense a lot more just disgust. Like, that's done. Um, I think that the people in, in town who are trying to sell that there shouldn't be changes, how can you say that Zimmer should be fired? He's been a great coach. I think that's a very small fraction now. I don't think it's a large one, and it shouldn't be. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it's if, if you're getting a paycheck from the team, maybe you feel like you have to defend something or whatnot. Yeah. But if your loyalty is to the fans and to winning a Super Bowl, yeah. yep, it's pretty obvious. Changes have to be made. All right, who's next? Let's go to uh, Little Man Trucking. Little Man Trucking, what's up, dude? Welcome to Ventline. Uh, thank you. Love, love you guys. Thank you. Been watching you guys on? for over a year. I wasn't so sure about you guys at first, but uh... you know that's what all of our significant others have said yep. too. We weren't know. either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Vikings are depressing to me. I had a lot of hopes for them this season, but uh, I think it's time for Simmer to go. Um, I don't know why you would start Sean Mannion over Kalamon at this point. It's like, yeah, at least let us see what he's got. Nobody knows. Yeah, and it's Little Man Trucking, dude. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you coming around on us. It's sort of one of three things with Kalamon, right? It's either he's just not picking it up quick enough and it's on him. And come on, dude, you got Davis Mills over here starting a bunch of games and Mac Jones is over here, you know, fighting for rookie of the year. It's, you know, you don't have to come out and look like Drew Brees in his prime, but like it's time to be able to at least come out and run a huddle and whatnot. So, so like maybe some of it's on him. Maybe some of it's on the coaching staff because their job was to take this young quarterback, develop him over the course of, you know, the eight months since the NFL draft, at least get him ready to go into a game. I don't think anyone expected him to like compete for starting snaps or anything, but you know, by the end of December, early January, are you capable of getting into a game before Sean Mannion? And the coach's job is to make sure that that's the case. I feel like the coaches have probably been way too hung up, rightfully so, on getting the first-team offense maximized, and uh, they've had a hard time doing that. Or maybe three, maybe Spielman whiffed. But a bunch of other teams are looking to draft Kellen Mond in the third round, too. So, you know, it's one of those three things I would probably say coaching. I don't think this coaching staff gives a rat's ass about Kellen Mond's development. I just don't. Like, Mike Zimmer doesn't. Clint Kubiak is in over his head. You know, he's got bigger things to worry about than the third-string quarterback's development at this point. Sure. Um, and, maybe, and, and maybe, you know, maybe Mon just, I don't know, maybe he's just not picking it up well, like he, some of the other quarterbacks. And as we're recording this, too, Kellen Mond is actually in the game now for the Vikings, so Kellen Mond has officially entered, at least. So they got that going for him as they're down 38-10 you know, in Lambeau. You know, I'm going to defend him, though, on this. Um, Kirk got pinched on Friday. I'm not going to Mond with no practice and saying, I'm starting you in Green Bay. It's outside. He he doesn't practice. Like, And this could be an indictment as well. But the reality of a guy in his position is he doesn't get snaps. But, well, yeah, I, but, 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 he, but he doesn't get snaps because of the way that the season's played out. Well, the starting, the starting QB, once the season starts, gets the majority of snaps. But anyway, the point, my point is this. If I'm the Wills... I'm going to tell Rick and Mike, I want to see Mon start Sunday against the Bears. And I want him to get all the snaps, and Kirk can be the backup. Kirk can stay home. I frankly don't care at this point in time what Kirk does. But um, Sunday's game, then, you can give Mond a week of snaps, and you can say, let's see. And you know what? Worst case, it's not good. Who cares? But at least you're giving the kid a chance. And at least he is get, getting a chance after fully preparing for the game and if mike if mike says well that's not fair to, to the team i'm going to say mike i don't care like i'm <laughs> i'm done with your whole thing with what's fair what's not fair i just flipped the game down in here in the old podcast studio i just in time for 
a backpedaling checkdown by mm-hmm. Kellen Mond. Yeah, I mean, that's... and then they show they showed him close up on camera, and he just looks like a deer in the headlights right now. Yeah. So that's a. I mean, that's a huge ask. I'm I'm rooting for him, but yeah, this is a tough spot. But the Bears game is an exhibition game, so play him. Oh my God, he yeah, almost, he, almost that should have been a pick six, six right there. <laughs> really bad. Oh man. And again, it's not. I, I don't think it's about. Mm-hmm. Should he have played this week? I think you're right. Just you know, based on the way that everything played out, I think it's about have they done a good enough job developing him since April to be ready? Yep. And when the offensive coaching staff is having come to Jesus meetings, self scouting meetings after like week six before the bye to figure out how to maximize Kirk Cousins and the offensive line, like they're they're telling Kellen Mond, sorry guy, all of our jobs are on the line. Just just go over there and like pretend to be whoever the quarterback is next week on the scout team, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not putting extra hours into sitting down with him. Hey, man, if, if you're, let, let's get you ready to maybe be a starter in 2022. Like, there's no way that was on their agenda as a coaching staff. That's nope. the indictment. No, nope. and, and we also, um, rightfully so and fairly so, don't trust them. We, we don't trust the coaching staff to develop this kid. And I don't, I don't think that we should. Like, who's doing it? Clint Kubiak, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer just started to meet with his starting quarterback on Thursdays and like deigned him worth, oh, I'll let's sit down for a half a hour or so. So I think our concern and the concern of the fans is it's pretty, it's a pretty good guess and pretty predictable that they're not doing a good enough job of developing a guy that they need to. And that's a problem. He fits right in there. It's sort of a, a panicked check down, uh, a near interception, and a punt. I think that fits right in with how the Vikings. Get out of Lambo. Get out of there. Get out. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Vikings vent line. St- fired this thing up a lot earlier than usual. Let's go to Ian. Ian, what's up, man? Where are you calling from? Welcome to vent line. Uh, I'm Mankato. I was on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, with I remember the you. Bears. Good to see you guys again. Good to see you. Honestly. I, I knew this was coming. I've been getting ripped apart all week about as soon as Cousins went out, I was it's over. It's 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 done. There's there's no chance. Man Sean Mannion, he he threw his first touchdown of his career today. Congrats to him, you know, props to him. I'm happy for the guy. But this is embarrassing. This is our biggest rival of the year, and we're not even putting up a fight. Like we put up with cousins of all people, we put up a fight against them at home, which I'm Way I'm way more happy winning at home than we winning at Lambeau, but it's it's not working. And I respect Zimmer; they're not going to get rid of him until after the Bears game because they respect him. It's just the way it is. I wish they'd get rid of him tomorrow so we can start talking to some coaches like Doug Peterson because I I heard you know Judd talking about how Peterson was writing that article about how to develop quarterbacks. And you're right; I don't trust Zimmer or Kubiak to develop Mond. It's not his fault about what almost throwing a pick six. He doesn't have the right coaching staff around him. I don't think anybody on this staff, on this team, has the right coaching staff around them. Yeah, and it's you know, Mond also might be a bust. We don't know, but like, how is he? If he is he being given the best resources and the most attention? Like, why draft a quarterback? And Ian, thank you, dude. We appreciate you coming on. Love the setup there, repping the Vikings jersey there. Um, they're just like. Spielman and Zimmer must be on different planets when it comes to draft strategy, especially the last few years. I think they had four third-round picks. Judd and I were talking about this on Purple Daily a couple days ago. Three of them until tonight basically did not play all season. 
Third round picks. These aren't like seventh round picks, sixth round picks. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you using Chaz Surratt? You know, why aren't you? Are you guys not communicating through this process? Those are. And if you're not going to use third round picks to help your team this year, why not trade third round picks to move up instead of trading back to accumulate picks? It's like Spielman has this strategy in his mind about accumulating picks and playing the volume game. And here's a bunch of third round picks that are going to be valuable and help you. Mike Zimmer's like, I am playing those young dudes. I'm about to get fired. Well, you guys might want to get on the same page then. Why draft Kellen Mond if you're just going to basically let him collect dust, not develop him, put him off in the corner, run the scout team? Like, is and, and again, maybe maybe there's more going on behind the scenes, and we just aren't seeing any reports whatsoever through the media. The assistant coaches aren't talking about it. The head coach and the coordinator aren't talking about it. Like, is Kirk Cousins mentoring Kellen Mond? We don't like to. to we're, he's basically just sitting in a corner. All right. Oh my God, uh, we're down by thirty points. We need to come out at Lambeau Field. And uh, I don't know, just steer this thing for seven minutes for us. Like, this is the first. He's been in witness protection for five months. Yeah. (laughs) And let's talk about the fact that Chris Boyd played. Chris Boyd had to play. Chris Boyd is a special teams player at best. And the problem is this. Everyone who has either been cut, i.e. Breland before him, or Dantzler, who was inactive in week one, nobody in the minds of the coaching staff is any good. So it's not like, well, they're down to Chris Boyd, but I mean, you know, he replaced Deion Sanders. You know, he got hurt, right? Like everybody sucks. And and so now you're down to Boyd, who you can't coach up. <laughs> but no, I but yeah. you cut Breland. He got into a tro in, into a practice spat, okay? Good players that happen sometimes. And they don't get cut. But Breland was so expendable, they just cut him. And then it was like Cam Dancler's back. You in training camp turned on Dantzler so hard you didn't even want him playing. So it's like everybody on that side of the cornerback position is terrible. You yeah, are known what, as the what, quarterback whisperer. Wasn't Dantzler deactivated for the first couple games? Yes. In yeah, week he, one, yeah. he couldn't get on the field. He was inactive. Yeah. He was inactive. So oh, actually, actually, sorry, Cam. Uh, three weeks later, we really like you. You're a starter yeah. now. Dantzler, like, just... Dantzler was was tweeting that he was pissed before Breland told the fans to bleep themselves on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So so like these are the things like like the the QB thing is the sexiest thing to talk about and and probably the most important thing. But there's a lot of things here in Mike's area of in air quotes expertise that have that are not going well. Do you guys know who had the longest reception of the night for the Vikings? Garrett offensively, Bradbury. Garrett Bradbury. Well, 21 yard on a oh, deflection. Collinsworth couldn't quit. Collinsworth yeah. called him the Vikings outstanding center. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Collinsworth owns part of pro football focus, which is the primary source. If you're looking for is an offensive guard or center good at their job. It's like your company thinks he's one of the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Since he came in the league, your company thinks he's one of the worst offensive linemen basically in the last half decade of of all of the guys they've graded. I used to like Chris a lot. I'm pretty checked out now. I think I'm done. It's so it's so everything's positive now. Like everything. Dude, give me analysis. He kept giving you like great positive, you know, like look at. Sean Mannion's footwork. Yeah. He really looks like he's doing okay out there. It's like, dude, he's skipping passes. He's <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, yeah there's right. no reason to sugarcoat it, guys. Like well, 
The Vikings are headed for changes. Talk about Mond. Sean Mannion's not very good. Like, talk about why Mond, why Mond is not playing. Talk about, the, you know, give give me something. Don't say, yeah, yeah, Sean Mannion, I mean, he looks the part. He's 6'4", or, or he's six, Okay, so he's a tall dude. A lot of tall guys up there. Do you know what they All don't right. do? They don't play quarterback in the National Football League. Who's next? Vikings, Ventline. <laughs> Let's go to uh, let's go to Money Mike. What's up, man? Welcome to Bentland. Where are you calling from? I'm I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, man. I, I was on the show last time uh, for the Dallas Cowboys issue, but uh, fellas, um, I know we want to talk about Zimmer, and he does have his flaws, but I put this all on Spillman. He put this whole train wreck together, everything together. The coach, forcing. Fourth and Cousins, when when obviously you know it was reported that Zimmer didn't want Cousins, uh, just it just seems like Zimmer just, I mean, just Spillman just put a bunch of pieces together that Zimmer just wasn't. I, I don't know if they're on the same page. Obviously, they're not on the same page. Yeah, one guy's doing one thing, the other guy's doing one thing. You can tell Zimmer is the type of coach that plays players that he likes. Like you guys talked about it before, we got draft picks that. Are we drafting? Are we drafting players? To draft players? Or are we drafting players to help the team? Like, what? What are you? What are you guys doing here? One guy seems like he's saying he needs this. The other guy's doing this, and I don't know, man. It, 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 it's it's a it's a crap show to me. That's what I'm watching. And to watch to watch it, I mean, I know everybody wants to point the blame to this guy, this guy, but the guy who put all this together is filming. He's the one who got the coach. He's the one. I mean. Yeah, he hits on draft picks, a few of them, but there's a lot of number one draft picks that, guys, they have not turned out. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if if he don't know what the strategy is or, or what the head coach wants to do. He picks a defensive guy, then he gives them a, a $180 million quarterback, and, and we don't have really – Zimmer's not a quarterback guy. He's a defensive guy. He doesn't put the pieces around him to help him. He's just like, look, you know, you guys said it all the time. We got this quarterback that we pay all this money to, and any any other quarterback who gets that kind of money, it's their offense. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers' offense. It's Pat Mahomes' offense. We got the Vikings' offense. It's, it's not Kirk Cousins' offense. It's the Vikings' offense. What is this? Yeah, I mean, it, And you know what, Mike? Mike, this is great stuff. Appreciate you coming on, man. I want, let's, let's respond to some of the stuff that Mike just threw out there. Kirk Cousins likes it that way he likes being i just work here guy he doesn't want he doesn't want the pressure and the responsibility of everything fall like you think he looks at peyton manning in his prime watching film of peyton manning and says boy i wish i had that i wish i could be the conductor at the line of scrimmage like that the guy that's leading the offensive linemen and adjusting everything and it's my offense right no he he is I just work here guy and loves being I just work here guy. And that's part of the problem. It's not the problem. This is one thing that I think a lot of Vikings fans are mistakenly doing, which is, is it this or this? Well, wait, you think it's this. I think it's this. It's like, no, there's multiple things that need to be fixed here. There's coaching problems. There's personnel problems. There's a quarterback problem, as I see it, in terms of leadership. Big game ability, mobility, cap number, all those things. So, like, if you're saying no, it's Zimmer, not Kirk. No, no, no. Like, there's several shades of why this team hasn't been above 500 in 700 days now. And Mike is is reflecting, I think, 
what the Wolves need to realize and need to hear, which is an overall very justified frustration. I mean, he's exactly right. Um, because the Kirk, so the Kirk stands, the, the Cousins Crusaders are not the majority. They are, they are a vocal minority who love their, their QB. I don't know why, but they do. Um, and so I think what, what Mike reflected there was a very accurate uh, portrayal of how the majority right now of Vikings fans feel, which is figure it out. And and this is tough. I don't care if guys are hurt or not. This is tough to watch tonight because it's the Packers. You beat them. They are the team that, that people drive to Green Bay a long ways and pay lots to, to get in to watch their team play there. And this is it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important thing now, then from the Will standpoint is to realize you have to introduce change. And one small ch- or one change ain't going to cut this thing. It's got to be, it's got to be big changes. It's got to be big changes at the top. And if you have to take a small step back, that's fine too. But the last thing that you can afford to do is tell your fan base and a guy like Jefferson, just hold on. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We'll run this thing back. You at some point in time, the frustration of the fans and your most important players is going to become a problem. You have a real chance right now, January 10th, to make changes that will start you on a new path. And again, I'm going to keep saying this, everybody should get a gold watch on their way out the damn door. This doesn't have to be a you're fired, you suck. No, everybody tried hard. A lot of people did good work. It's grown stale. And and so you can make this, you can make this a very easy severing of relationships it's not like when brad was insubordinate and childress got fired because he he didn't tell you that he had just cut randy moss uh this is vikings vent line if you are new tonight and you're looking for a new therapy office as a frustrated vikings fan you have come to the right place purple daily it's a daily viking show part of the score north umbrella mackie and judd purple daily the scoop with doogie And um, if you could click the subscribe button as you're watching this on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, it would help us continue to uh, push our way toward 20,000 subscribers. And click the like button to help spread the word about the show. And just click the like button if you are sick of status quo. Dex, who is next on Vikings Ventline? Yeah, let's go to Dylan from Superior. Dylan, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? What's up, Dylan? This is depressing, is it not? Yep. It is so depressing that I was while I was watching this game, first and foremost, I told this to Declan. I actually took paper notes, old school, circa Judd. Looking at you, buddy. <laughs> um, wow. I actually prepared a little thing here. Um, I Truthfully, today, guys, I, I was talking to a, co- a co-worker of mine. I was hoping for a 41 donut game tonight. Um, not because I want my team to lose or anything like that. No, I, it's because a 41 donut game to the Packers forces change. This is the worst situation to be in as as a fan who expects the team to win. I mean, winning a Super Bowl before we die is what we all four want. Um, you watch your team fail, no direction, old, stagnant, outdated systems in place, structures in place, all that junk. Dude, tonight needs to be the spark that ignites the fire of change. I'm sorry. It, we we got we to gotta burn this thing down. Spielman, Zimmer, 
Cousins, gone. All of them. We this is not winning. And the 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 anger I see with bad coaching and bad playing is the only thing that keeps me from pure unadulterated apathy, guys. Like it it is gross watching this team. And this is like the worst seven and nine team we've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, Dylan, I've got something that might brighten your mood, though. In case you were disgusted by Kellen Mond's three-play performance, he is out of the game now. And Sean Mannion, thankfully, Sean Mannion is back in the game so we can get one last look here in the two-minute drill. Which, I mean, the two-minute O has actually been the only, only thing that's worked for us tonight. And I know Green Bay was playing, you know, their DBs were playing 20 yards off and at the end of the first half. So two minute. Oh, is really easy to run when they don't think you can complete a pass anyway. Um, so no, and seriously, like uh, Judd touched on something earlier. I wanted to touch on here. Um, Devonte Adams against Chris Boyd in press man coverage. Um, what is going on? Zimmer is a DB whisperer, defensive genius. And, the best thing you could come up with with a week's notice to game plan against a division rival you know and respect is to go press man with Chris Boyd on Devontae Adams. Yeah. That brings up that, a point. That that brings up a point too. Cam Dantzler got hurt in practice. Mm-hmm. What are you doing in a December, almost January practice that get that gets guys hurt? Like what are you doing? You, like you should be basically going through walkthroughs. Like you're pretty defense. much, yeah, but as an avid, I, I play a lot of disc golf, Judd, and that's, there's a lot of twisting and turning in the lower body. <laughs> it doesn't take much to tweak a calf, and truthfully, tweaking a calf is is just as bad as pulling a hammy, pulling a quad, anything Dylan, like that. Dylan, it's Dylan, what is, what is the worst injury you've ever played disc, disc golf. golf through? <laughs> um... Probably when I rolled my ankle for like the fifth time when I was going oh, all day. That's the, when I was going. Oh. that's the worst. I get a bad I get a bad lat tear sometimes with throwing that disc too hard too. Oh, oh no, I get that, that well, that's lat. painful. Oh, it, it's the elbow right here when you try and whip the forehand. That's, that's the right. work. <laughs> you know, Tommy John. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah, what's the recovery UCL? like on on UCL surgery for disc golfers? Fifteen months or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, how uh, how often do you make it to uh, Minneapolis? Um, I'm gonna be a little bit less now, but I'm usually down once a week. Um, All right. Well, we want to. I think this was this was a great call, so to speak, and we want to make you the surly call of the night here. And uh, whether it's the next time or the time after that, uh, you and uh, and well, four total people. So find three friends or family members, whatever, or just random strangers who were strangers. uh, Purple, just invite them in, and it'll be two appetizers for the table, four entrees of your choice, three beers per person, and uh, you get to hang out in the surly beer hall. Over 30 beers on draft from Judd's favorite, the flagship Furious, to all sorts of vintage and experimental beers that you can only get in the beer hall. Outstanding food and everything. So you brought and, some you passion, know, brought some good takes, and brought some uh, some disc golf knowledge, too. I love it. Disc Guys, it's so bad that we can't pull out the Surly. We got to pull out the Rolling Rock. It's oh, so you bad. Would, you this would never waste a Surly on this game. Yeah, no. never. Never waste a Surly on this <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, All right, Dylan. Great Thanks, stuff, John. dude. Yeah, Thanks for jumping in. <laughs> too, man. Disc golf. Oh, we're going deep. Sean Mannion right out of the end zone. Dude, KJ Osborne made a ridiculous yeah, one-handed he's good. catch. Shockingly, he's, really good. he's good. He's good at football. This just in. 
He is. Wait a second. They put the Packers clinched graphic up with 26 seconds left. That's disrespectful. Okay? That's disrespectful. You wait until the clock hits zero you before you put that you graphic up. You don't start up. this event line episode until it's zero if, zeros, okay? If Justin Jefferson is allowed to do a post-game presser, he might melt down. I hope he, I hope he doesn't, I, I hope he doesn't like this crap. Like, good for him. And it's not in, like, a selfish no. Antonio, Antonio Brown's. Like, what he did yeah. today is totally selfish, uh, you know, flies off the handle. It's all about him. Yeah. I think Justin Jefferson is cut from the same cloth as Stefan Diggs. Those guys just want to win. Yeah. And they see a oh, process yeah, it's not him that's being just so, no. fatally flawed, right? Agree completely, yes. So, all right, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings at Ventline. Let's go to Jake. Jake, what's up, man? Welcome to Ventline. How are you? Hi, Jake. How are you guys doing? How are you coping? Game's done, so much better yeah, it's now. Offici- it's officially over now, by the way. The Vikings are, And the Vikings are now officially eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to come on here and just just kind of express my displeasure with Mike Zimmer, but I, it's oh, it it we don't even have to talk about him. He's he's history. I got a little annoyed at halftime when the commentators were like, "Well, I talked to Mike Zimmer," and they're like, "Oh, we we're not running the ball enough. We're, we got to make sure we're running the ball a little bit more." And oh my god, I, just, I about lost it when I hear. I heard that like the last three weeks, and I just lose it. He's not. Oh man. Enough with the running the ball. I'm tired of that. But yeah, I'm done with Mike Zimmer. What I really wanted to talk about was just the future of this team. And obviously, the first step is firing Zimmer. I think that's it could take you know an IQ of two to do that. Um, and then after that, I know we have the big decision to Spielman, but we obviously need to decide what we're doing with the GM before we can hire a new coach. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so I'm, I'm on Declan's side here. I'm liking the Kellen Moore vibes. You're looking around the league. All, a lot of these, a lot of these coaches that are doing well are in their 30s. I know he's a little younger, but he's big QB. He seems to have his stuff together. I was watching a little bit of the Cowboys game earlier, and they kept loving his plays left and right. So I was like, oh, Kirk would love that. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second here. I would like Kellen Moore. Obviously, we need to find the GM smart enough to choose him. But then once we do that. I think I'm in favor. Well, there's a lot of ways we could do it. I might be okay with keeping Kirk, obviously, on a reduced salary. For the simple reason is if we get rid of him, what's our backup plan? Are we just going to bring in Teddy for one year? Are we going to throw in Kellen well, Long for a year? That, there's actually like, – this is a whole, like, deeper discussion probably for No, I, I love the deeper discussion. I, I'm past but, this year. But, there, yeah, and I think – that's a good point. I think a lot – like, most of you guys tuning in probably don't – care to bitch much about what just happened you're probably more interested in speculating on what might happen going forward mm-hmm. but this offseason projects to be the most amazing game of quarterback musical chairs and there's even guys like you know like Rodgers might be on the move and Russell Wilson so there's some big fish out there that I don't think there's any way the Vikings are going to land Aaron Rodgers he's going to have to go to the AFC first and come back but in terms of clearing out Kirk's you you, you could save 35 million dollars to the cap by just trading Kirk Cousins, okay? So then the question becomes not can you find someone that's better than Cousins. That would be amazing, and I think they should always have their radar up to do that. Russell but Wilson. it's can you find someone, salary cap included, that helps your team overall be better than seven wins and missing the playoffs in three of the last four years? Like people think linearly like, well, who's gonna, who are you going to find that's better than Cousins? No, 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 no. It's who are you going to find – that might not cost $45 million to the cap next year that allows you to go get three extra players. 
listen, there's a million ways to win eight, nine, or ten games. Hell, the Vikings have gone to the playoffs, ten-win teams, with T-Jack and Ponder as quarterbacks. Not because they're better than Cousins, because they're far cheaper than Cousins, and it allows the team to be better around the quarterback. That's what the next two months' conversation is going to be about with the quarterback spot. This offseason is going to be the most important offseason, I don't know, my entire life. That's all I can say. The fact is we need to find that young coach, Kellen Moore, and then that GM who share that philosophy that other other organizations say, maybe San Francisco, Kansas City, etc., who come in with the idea of, okay, we know we need to get to be the future. That's, that's not Cousins. We can maybe play with him another year or two, but the whole goal is going to be to find the new QB. I don't believe he's on the roster. I don't believe he's in this draft. But the it's about that transition and where we go from there. Because we, <laughs> if we don't figure it out this offseason, we're going to be stuck moving in circles and we're never going to make the strides that we need to get to that championship. It's it's plain and simple. Those The big decisions have to be made this offseason or really we're done. Or we're going to lose Jefferson. We're going to lose the rest of the team, or we're going to end up like the Lions. Yeah. yeah. So no, Jake, great stuff. Did Jake, I always love when Jake jumps on the show. Appreciate Jake. Always brings good passion. The other thing, too, is like the clock's ticking on. You have some really advantageous, even though you're over the cap right now, you have some really advantageous contracts. Justin Jefferson's on a rookie-scale deal for another couple of years. You've got, I think, maybe a franchise left tackle in Christian Derrissaw on, on a rookie-scale contract for the next four years. So, You've got a couple key positions that aren't eating up a ton of money yet that if you get your act together here in the next year or two, you you know you can still do some damage before those guys have to be paid. You need a thorough audit completely of your football ops. It's that simple. Thorough. Like you got to look at every you got to go through everything that Rick and Mike have have left and and you got and this is where I come back to they need to probably sever tithes with some players who you folks out there have their jerseys and love them. You got to look at Harrison Smith. You've got to, I'm sorry. I know he's really good, but if he makes too much and I'm new and I'm like, he's really good, but he could be gone. You got to look at Dalvin's contract. You got to look at a lot of things like, like the problem is if you don't get rid of Rick, he's not going to examine the things that need to be examined and that is almost every single thing here that's the way that you turn things around as quickly as possible and rewarding guys for what they have done in the past is not what you should do and keeping guys because oh man ring of honor guy how can we cut him this is football man and and people push back oh you're crazy harrison smith's great i'm not he's not great what i'm saying is Difficult decisions and players that we all like being cut is how you get to a place a lot of times of being more successful. And yeah. that's that stinks, but that's why it has to be done by people who aren't familiar with the existing blueprint for how things are run here. It'll be really interesting to see here. I mean, the season's over now. They're out of the playoffs. Mathematically, they are now 0%. They have been eliminated from the playoffs. There's one week in which you could let Mike Zimmer go and interview head coaching candidates. There's a there's a two-week window at the end of the year that didn't exist in previous years. But they might be thinking what you're thinking and who, we don't really know. Like they you know, you've reported and Doogie's reported that 
the Wilfs are sort of unsure about what they're going to do here. I don't know, like one way or the other, I feel like you have to know what you're going to do by this point, and maybe this game pushed them in a certain direction. Yep. But I think the quicker they can get going on this process, what I don't want to see happen is they start their process after the final game of the season. Mm-hmm. They waste two weeks, mm-hmm. and Doug Peterson would have been the guy, but now he's a week and a half down the road with the Jaguars and the Bears. Right. And they make him an offer he can't refuse before the Vikings can talk to him, right? Like, if you're going to make the moves, let's go. Let's get out of the next era of Vikings football. And, and do it respectfully because both Spielman and Zimmer yeah. have both had good, not great, but good, respectable tenures in their jobs. So, let, so let's go with most realistic case right now. Like, what they could do and what they should do, but, but not pie in the sky. Just fire the whole staff because they're not going to. I think the best case right now is is that you've come to an agreement with Rick because I don't think they're going to fire Rick to kick Rick upstairs, president of something, football ops, or just some BS thing. Yeah, um, Rick, yes, yeah, so you're going to be the – it's going to be great. It's a promotion. You're going to be Elway. the president you're of football football, football president. You're going to talk to Baldy. You're going to talk to Baldy a lot about football. You're not um, going to be in charge of anything, but you're going to get new business cards. It's going to be great. If you, but, then, but then the important thing now is – to have back-channeled GM candidates starting a month ago, to back-channel that, and to start to because what I what I would love to see um, after the Vikings get done with their last game a week from Sunday today is I would love to see a process put in place where Mike is fired, Rick is very quickly kicked upstairs, and you name that GM very quickly, very quickly. As opposed to and and look, if if that person is almost in place by now, then the odds of the coach coming quickly are th- there too. But despite the fact that you could you know technically call up teams and talk to people, I would hope that what if you've owned a team as long as the Wolves have in this town with the Vikings, I would hope that you have put the wheels into motion to potentially be set to go. So, like, if you're t- talking to people, that's fine. But what I n- need you to be doing is talking to people quietly behind the scenes so that January 10th, 11th, and 12th, bang, 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 you're moving. Yeah. Uh, Dan chimes in here on the Score North Facebook page. You guys want you want to talk about good, not great tenures. You guys should all be fired. Well, those are two different things. You know, the, 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 if we're going to be fired that. for one thing, but, you know, good, not great tenures, we're, we're discussing two different things there. We no, I, I think we're very Vikings like. I think yeah. a lot of, I got no problem with that. Mm-hmm. A lot this of a not living business. up to expectations. This is a tough mm-hmm. business. These much are like all... much like Spielman and Zimmer, we just exactly. managed to stay employed year after year. Salary cap casualties, yep. absolutely. <laughs> Me and Harry on on the street, no job. It happens. Cockroaches. It happens Minnesota to people. Media. Me and Kirk. Me and Kirk and Donnie, vacationing <laughs> in Florida. Well, Donnie's got, Donnie. Donnie's got a lot more time Donnie. on his hands now that he deleted his Don- Twitter account Donnie after the segment we did of, last Thursday. Well, and that's purely because of Phil, because Phil's the one that got the tip. I just read, I just read some of the tweets it, that he's liked, that he, you know, he got nervous and deleted Donnie's his whole account. Twitter on fire. That's all I mean, on you. I mean, I don't understand I why he, if, if, he, if he stands by the tweets that he likes, I don't know why he would be ashamed and delete hey. his account, but here we are. All right, let's get to uh, some more Vikings fans here. Vikings Ventline. Part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Vikings therapy. Let's go to AJ. AJ, what's up, man? Welcome to Bentland. How are you? What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? 
What's up, AJ? I, I got to say, can I just address Dan real quick and the Vikings fans like him? We don't need any of you snowflakes in here throwing out your Kirk Stan uh, heebie-jeebies or whatever it is because <laughs> I don't know what you guys are looking at that makes you want to say that Phil, Mackie, and Judd, and Decker need to be fired here because what, what do you see that's positive? I got a little prop here. I just want to throw out this reminder. That date right there, the last yep. time nice. that I was truly happy as a Vikings fan. Ever since then, it's been a complete train wreck, starting with extending Kirk Cousins in the offseason where Stephon Diggs was like, all right, I'm out. Ever since then, it's just been a total train wreck organizationally. And, Judge, you just said it. We need a complete audit of the football operations. Like, last year, we started off 1-5 and five and go on that stupid, pointless win streak that ends up screwing up our – first round pick to the point where we can't even get Justin Fields, the guy that we wanted, who would give us some flexibility this year if we wanted to move off of Kirk. Um, I think I think it's a complete mess. If, if I'm making the moves for the Vikings right now, I'm going to kick Rich Spielman up to CFO or whatever cushy job he wants and just get him out of the picture. <laughs> I'm going to throw like a $10 million bonus at Rob Brzezinski. Yeah, you're the you're the CFBO, the chief football <laughs> officer guy. CF, CFBOG. Yeah, just uh, uh, just uh, you got a new office just uh, down the hall, about four doors on your left there. Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll set your phone up. Don't worry, guy. Yeah, chief chief draft pick accumulator. That's, that's the revolution. <laughs> uh, I'm firing Zimmer right now so I can get started on the GM search and trying to get Kellen Moore or maybe even Doug Peterson in here to make a decision on Kirk. And then like you guys said, it's going to, it's, this is, I'm going to get a lot of heat for saying this, but after we, you know, probably end up trading Kirk, cause I don't think he's going to take a pay cut. We got to look hard at some guys that we love. Number 33, you know, Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen. Yep. Daniel Hunter's still up in the air. Like we got to figure some stuff out to make this make sense and get under the cap and actually, get some talent on this team. Cause I think the young guys here are pretty nice. You know, James Lynch was showing up today. Cam Bynum has been good, but I just think I don't trust the current structure to develop young talent. Cause let's not forget even a stud like Justin Jefferson wasn't starting when he came in. So like how good are they at really judging talent right now? I don't, I don't get it. And I, I just want to throw this out for the Kirk stands again. I would like to, 100% pie chart of praise to Mike Tirico today because I hope Kirk Cousins was watching and they said this. They threw out some stat that, like, the last four years, he's fifth in touchdown passes or something. And Mike Tirico goes, yeah, he's a man of great stats, but not the stature to back it up. And I hope yep. Kirk yes. and Don Cousins were watching that because Johnny there's going like to be hell to play in Michigan tonight. I'll just say yep. that. That was a great – I mean, that was a really – that. And, and so Mike Trico says that, and Collinsworth was kind of quiet. Like they were so afraid. It's it's such an interesting subject that I would love to hear those guys tackle in a blowout game, right? Okay, like this game's out of hand. Okay, let's 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 turn it into a talk show. Let's get. I would love Chris Collinsworth's honest assessment and opinion. Why is Kirk Cousins in you know year what one two three seven as a starter, year ten in the NFL or eleven in the NFL? Why don't the team wins and losses match the stats? And you can't just always blame everything else around him for seven or eight years. He's, maybe he's the unluckiest professional athlete ever. But wouldn't you guys love to hear Chris Collinsworth tackle that for like five minutes on national TV? But he won't. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, no. Kirk Cousins is a great guy. I don't know what you're talking about. He's just a fantastic quarterback. Hey, 
I just worked. I, I had a I had a coach in high school. They always said there's two players that I don't want: the guy that doesn't listen to me at all, and the guy that does absolutely everything I says. And Kirk Cousins, I just work here. It's yeah. not my fault. Yeah, no, it's a, AJ. Great stuff, dude. Thanks awesome, for man. coming on again. See, you, appreciate it. AJ. Great AJ. setup too. That's a fa- I great love purple. this setup. Oh yeah, it's a great. It's really cool. It's the purple spaceship look there. Mm-hmm. Pretty badass. Uh, man, we are we are loaded right now. Just a bunch of people coming in here for presumably. Vikings therapy. therapy. <laughs> we all need it. Appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat, our executive producer, Declan Goff. And uh, if you're just joining us here, please click the subscribe button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We're so close to 20,000 subscribers. We'd love to hit that sometime here, either tonight or early in the week. And uh, click the like button to help spread the word about this community of Vikings fans. Who's next, Declan? Yeah, let's go to Alex. Alex, what's up, man? You're on Buntline. How are you? Hey, what up, guys? How you doing? What's good, up, man, Alex? Good. Hey, it's good to see you, long-time listener. Appreciate you guys bringing the real. Uh, okay, you got it. I wanted to, just want to start this off with, uh, I actually hate this team. <laughs> it, pains me. it pains me. It pains me to say, I haven't missed a game in 15 years, and not that many people can say that who are 28 years old. I despise this team, and it is so frustrating. I mean, I was done. At Cooper Rush, I was, uh-huh. but I'm so much more done now. Uh-huh. And like before, before the Twitter people jump on and condemn me for not being a real fan, I got I just moved, but I set up the shrine here. I got the, the AP jersey signed, got it in person his rookie year. Ooh, nice. I got uh, Captain Monolin's gloves. Nice. He gave, he gave them to me. I gave them to my brother last year. Uh, it was during COVID. He died of leukemia. I just got him back. That was the last thing I gave him. So don't get after me about not being a real fan. But yep. you guys, you guys get it. You're one of the only podcasts that get it. And uh, you know, just a couple points here. Zimmer coming out of half. We're down twenty to three. We need to run the ball more. Again. He just, dude. He just said that again in the post game press conference. He's like, yeah, we needed. We just didn't run the ball enough. Like, like me, that was that was the that where I mean, were they, they, they probably didn't but like where were they was, going with the run game let's make up 17 points in the second half by running it bro dalvin cook is amazing we all know that but no absolutely no secondly i can't wait for the the kirk stands to all come up and say well if kirk was starting we would have won this game no kirk's better than sean Mannion. good job buddy that doesn't mean much you're still a 20 mil quarterback, a 25 mil quarterback. That's all you are. That's all you ever will be is a 500, 25 mil quarterback. Finally, this team quit. And you said for the last few weeks, I listened religiously. I fall asleep to you guys that they hadn't quit. Dude, when AJ Dillon ran twice for 13 yards and straight into the end zone end zone that's when they quit in my opinion and i don't blame them one bit because i wouldn't want to play for zimmer i wouldn't want to play for kubiak kubiak might be a great guy he doesn't belong in this league coaching offenses bro he's nowhere near the enemy he's nowhere near mcveigh he's nowhere near kingsbury he's just not there and so my final point the one thing that'll make me happy, fire Zimmer, fire Kubiak, 
and trade Kirk for a first, draft a QB, put him in a competition with Mond, use that 30-some grand to finally, finally get no line and rebuild that secondary and hopefully have a coach that can actually coach him because it's not 2009 anymore. It's just not. We suck. Alex, bring in the fire, man. Great call, man. That's a true fan right there. You can love your team and criticize your team at the same time. And, Alex, thanks for coming on, dude. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Really good. By the way, when right at the end of Alex's points there, so Mike Zimmer is at the podium right now. I I just got a note that said he is not taking this well. No, like, like, he, dude, what did you think, Mike? What did you think was going to happen tonight? So here's a quote here. This is from Ben Gessling. This is Ben Gessling's account. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just quoting Mike Zimmer. D- does Mike Zimmer want to see? Hold on, sorry. There's. T- <laughs> oh my god. Okay, these are. T- uh, sorry. All right. Good. Uh, did Mike Zimmer want to put Kellen Mond in the game? Mike Zimmer quote: Not particularly. Why not? Quote: I see him every day. Does Mike Zimmer want to see Kellen Mond next week? Quote, not particularly. Why not? I see him every day. And I don't know if Ben Gessling revised his initial quote or if Mike responded the same way to all of those questions. But basically, his answer to, well, why, you know, why don't you want to see more of Kellen Mond? Because I see him every day. So, so yeah. So cool. he's saying this is a head coach that doesn't give a rat's ass about developing or connecting or even like speaking to quarterbacks. The the problem, <laughs> oh, man. The problem is that that this has also uh, become a massive game among the most important people with this organization of passing the buck. Now it's nobody's fault. It's not Mike's fault. I, I guys hurt. What am I supposed to do? Jeff Gladney got himself cut. That was Rick's pick. Um, and so everyone right now is in, in self-preservation mode, and they're passing the buck, and nobody is taking the responsibility. That's that's the problem here. <laughs> oh, my that's God. That's ridiculous. I mean, this is you – know, This is ridiculous. So, again, like, but Kellen, Mond, Kellen Mond is such an interesting case here because – He's this child. He's a child of Rick Spielman and Mike yeah. Zimmer and they're getting divorced. Clint Kubiak and maybe he's a problem child. Maybe he's just a bad kid. Maybe he was always destined to, you know, go to detention when he got to school or whatever. Like we don't know, but I think you got you got one parent and Mike Zimmer who's like, Why'd we adopt this kid? This yeah. kid's uh <laughs> it's not what this is not the kid that I wanted to adopt. <laughs> so why did Mike put him in if he didn't want to see him playing tonight? So his explanation was that Mannion was banged up. And so Mond came in because Mannion was banged up. But he was health, but Mannion was healthy enough to go back in at the Correct. after one. You see, this is just so dysfunctional now. Like like but but it's good. It's good because it's important, I think, that the will see this. Like this is playing out perfectly. Oh my god. Because you're getting everyone to the necessary ledge to push them. Yeah. So that's one good thing here. It's right. it's it's going down like it probably should go down and has to. Yeah. All right. Who's up next? Vikings Bentline. Let's go to Malcolm. Malcolm, what's up, man? Welcome to Bentline. How are you? Hey, Malcolm. How are you guys, man? What's yeah. going on, dude? Happy New Year's. I got cut off at the uh, end of the Lions game, I think, uh, some weeks back. But uh, the floor is yours here, man. Go ahead. No, thanks. 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 I, I like. 
just want to double back on, I think, what Money Mike said uh, earlier about Spielman. And then what Judd said just now, you guys have just brought up um, a lot of good points. But one thing specifically that I think I, I was trying to get to in the Mike Zimmer uh, conference from the Lions, which is kind of similar to what I'm seeing now, is just a lack of accountability. And I hate that about Zimmer because, like, he used to be the Mr. Fix-It. Now he's like the Mr. Deflector. You know what I mean? Like, it's like one week it's, well, guys put more energy into this and da-da-da-da. And it's like, you're the head coach. You know, like, I I look at Andy Reid, who's been in the league for, like, 20 years just about. Like, you've never – I don't think I've ever heard – maybe aside from T.O., I haven't heard anybody literally complain about Andy Reid. And it, you could just see the, the trickle-down effect from, like, 2017 where players were feeling like, Zimmer's the type to out you instead of taking responsibility for what's going on. And it's kind of, you know, kind of just one of those things where it's like, you know, the door's knocking last year when he said he had the worst defense of all time and credit to Spillman who tried his best to do with the most, I think, constricted cap space we've had in the off season in a while. And he was able to get like supplemental players. Not saying they were stars, but supplemental players. Patrick Peterson's the even though Bashar Breeland, Lord forbid, what happened, but came in and this was Mike's call, even though you had Cameron Dancer. But I mean, it's just like a lot of this is um this this projecting I get, even with the Kalamon thing, which is why I wanted to ask Judd a question. I was like trying to figure out like is it a lack of trust in his players or is it a lack of the players having tr- a lack of trust in him? You know what I mean? Like I just from Mike, you mean or what? As in, like, does the play has the players totally lost faith in Zimmer, or did this happen like a year ago? Did this happen like, where you know, like this year, or did Zimmer just look at his team and say, "I can't win with these guys"? You know, like I, I like I just don't see how Kellen Mond doesn't start this game. I don't see how Cam Bynum didn't get enough time this year. I just don't see why Wyatt Dave. Well, I don't know what's going on with Wyatt Davis, but like. I haven't seen him suit up all year just about, I think, right? And No, you're correct. I'm just like, where did the distrust go? Like, this is the second group of rookies where, aside from Gladney, it's just been like a, yeah, I don't like these guys. These guys don't fit what I'm trying to do. And then you bring right. back Everson Griffin, who, you know, hope he's doing okay. But, you know, you know the tale on him. You know the tale on uh, – Captain, uh, not Captain Mutterland, um, Mackenzie Alexander, you bring these guys in and it wasn't a significant leap. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like it was just still in the same timeline as far as the defensive mm-hmm. performance. So, absolutely. I yep. just don't know. Like, I, I, no, let's, yeah. let's, let's answer. So, Ma- Malcolm, it's a, it's a good question. Let's say goodbye to Malcolm and answer his question here. Thanks for coming on, hey, man. man. Take care. Um, when, because in, and I'll add to what Malcolm said in 2017. Year four of Mike Zimmer, the identity of the team was exactly the way that he wanted it to be, right? And we could debate whether that's the way to go about building an actual champion. But, like, defense, run the ball, mistake-free quarterback play, right? Like, that was it. And the team was clearly responding to him up until that NFC Championship game. Like, Mm -hmm. they were rallying around. I mean, he definitely had their ear. When in the last four years... Did it become so different, and why? Because I think that's what Malcolm – that's my question, and that's how I interpreted. Like, when did this happen? 
Well, I think it was a gradual thing. So I don't think that, that there was like one one game, one season, one thing. I think it, it was a gradual thing that, that you know, and we've talked about this a lot before, but the shelf life thing, it's real. Like like you have, you unless your name is Bill Belichick, you've got X amount of time probably, and then the clock ticks. Um, and I think what what happened though was was the fractures. So the fractures probably start at the very top and then trickle down. Uh, and when Zimmer went to, to the combine and gave a play-by-play of, I don't want us to sign a big, high-priced QB, yes. knowing full well that that his boss had cousins in his back pocket, mm-hmm. uh, and Mike was basically as, as Mike is for as for as tough a guy as Mike can seem, he can be incredibly passive-aggressive too. And that was a very passive aggressive way of saying, don't do this. And Rick's like, I'm going to do it. And so I think that that started the fracture um, that, that basically went away from the success that the team had had uh, in 17. And then it starts the trickle down. But I think the problem with rookies dates back towards, towards Mike doesn't have a great trust there. I think the, moment at which it really fell apart though is last year's draft because do you guys recall all the talk about 2020 rick spielman oh my god what 15 picks that's a record for the seven round draft unbelievable 15 picks 15 they're all coming in Mm -hmm. and you know what jefferson's a great player uh but gladden he wasn't and then he got himself cut And, and if you go back to last year jeff gladney and cam dantzler played a ton and Mike couldn't fix them, couldn't fix them. And so I think Mike then said, hold on a second here. I'm about to be fired after 21 unless this changes completely. Get me veteran guys. And so it feels to me like Rick begrudgingly sort of did that. And so so I guess what I'm trying to get at is to the question, I think the fractures here are are many and have played out over an extended period of time. I don't think it's like one thing. Like cousin sign and that was it. Yeah. That played a big role, but there's also the you know, the fact that everyone got so excited about 15 draft picks and what now? Something like 28 in the last 2 years or 26. He's got all these draft picks. And if I'm Mike, I'm probably saying, "Okay, that's great. He's got these draft picks." But one, do I like them? And second of all, with what I was hired to do. And I guarantee you, Mike still thinks to this day, I'm a defensive guy, damn it. I was hired for this, right? And Rick has like been like, well, yeah, but the game is transitioning. I think all of these things have culminated in causing the problems where we are seeing now. Yeah, this is how there's so I mean, much to un- there's, there's so much to unpack the last four years. I mean, he got stuck with a guy that he did. He got stuck with a corporate CEO quarterback that he didn't want. A quarterback that puts up fake hollow statistics. Yeah. His teams always gravitate toward 500, which should not be the Vikings' goal 60 plus years into this franchise's history. So he put up the red flag and, and the warning sign at the combine, like you said, four years ago when the Vikings were negotiating with Kirk Cousins, probably, you know, before they were supposed to. And, uh, and he's saying, I don't think we should sign. I think we should be really careful going after a big contract quarterback if it's going to affect our ability to play defense and you know the the dynamic of the team and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um now on the flip side, 
okay, that's life sometimes as a coach. You're going to get players drafted or signed that hopefully you're on the same page with your GM, but like this is this is your quarterback now. And he didn't make an attempt to build that relationship until year four. And so while I think Kirk Cousins is kryptonite to any coach's ability to win a Super Bowl, yep. unless he wants to take a lot less money, yep. Mike Zimmer on the flip side didn't do anything to build the most important relationship on the team, which is the head coach and the quarterback. Because as much as as much as Kirk Cousins is I, I just work here guy, Mike Zimmer is I just coach defense guy. Right. Well, the other thing about that, what you just said that's so important, is I've been told flat out, as different as those two people seem, they are identical in many ways. Mm-hmm. And they are both past the buck. If something goes wrong, ain't my fault. That's hey, both of those guys. What do you have to say to uh, this comment here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel? Last uh, Lastridge says, you guys are assuming way too much. Um, well, first of all, we've talked of people behind the scenes who know things. Uh, Teams don't come out and spell stuff out. Like, Mike's not going to go to a podium and say, yeah, Kirk and I, we were similar, and damn it, that didn't work. Um, So, one is, we know things. We talk to people who know things. The second is... covered the NFL for a long time. You see this stuff The second thing is this. Lastridge. It ain't pretty. It ain't uh, there. There's this thing about pro sports where pe- people think, well, my team does this well, and my team, your team does a lot wrong, and and the Vikings do a lot wrong. And I'm going to tell you right now, I I covered Rick for the Star Tribune from the time he got here uh, with Childress in 2006, um, on a daily basis through what 2011. I mean, Rick Spielman has his flaws, and. I don't think we're I, I think you would be shocked at the amount of things that you assume we're assuming that are accurate, that are absolutely 100 percent. And look, some of the stuff, it's connecting the dots. It ain't that hard. Yes, it ain't that hard. I mean, Kellen Mond, do you do you trust that Kellen Mond is being developed correctly by a guy who's a defensive guy who doesn't care about quarterbacks? Like what? What would no. make you say? I think I've heard behind the scenes that Zim is way into quarterbacks. We know for a fact he just started to meet with his starting quarterback for what a half hour on Thursdays in the year two thousand twenty-one. Correct. So come on. Also, to on the Mond front, I mean, you know, I, I think there was a time where Mike Zimmer was a much better overall leader. You know, for sure, two thousand seventeen, where he oh, was, tight. he was, and he's always been a defensive coordinator first and a head coach second, and that's ultimately what's prevented him from being a better version of a head coach. But when he gets up to the podium after that loss tonight, I mean, Kellen Mond played like three snaps. Okay. And you know, somebody asked him about it and we read the quote earlier, but, and you know, did you, did you want to play Mond or do you want to see more of him next week? And he says, probably, probably not. And then someone says, well, why not? He says, cause I see him all the time. Meaning like, I see that he's crappy. Yeah. Why are you throwing why are you doing anything other than empowering that kid to the public and to the media? Like, what is the point of crapping on Kellen Mond after that game publicly to the media? Because he what probably is the doesn't. Because he doesn't want him. Probably. Well, he's what he's doing is he's in self-preservation mode. He's basically saying, yeah. like, well, I mean, like, I, I never. I mean, here's the translation. I went to draft him. 
I would have drafted a defensive player, or I would have drafted this over here. Right? He's throwing Rick under the bus and Kellen Mond under the bus yeah. in self-preservation mode. A great leader in that spot is going gonna, is gonna to use the question and the media and the platform to empower the young quarterback that might be a key part to your organization in the future. And he doesn't think like that because he has devolved into a crappy leader. But he's also doing exactly what what we want him to do now because this is what makes it clear he has to be gone. Yes. Like, like this, like tonight, actually, I think it's embarrassing, but it plays out perfectly. Everything that transpired from the time that the football was kicked off through the press conferences is absolutely perfect. And if you are like, a, well, I really like Mike, they shouldn't do it, then then you're just a Mike Stan. I can't help you. But but like the majority of people who watch and and call us or come on and comment are really clear thinking, smart Vikings fans. And those fans are I mean, we're all on the right side of this. What needs to be done to make this team competitive? Not how can you preserve um, a guy, a player I like or a coach? That's not how this is supposed to work. And I think that there's a large faction of people probably who are fans of a different outlet who are like that. I feel like the people who embrace us and, and we embrace them are very, very savvy and smart. And all of us want to see success, not this constant floundering and i think mike saying what he said tonight is just the latest indictment of okay this is now officially not going to work anymore here's uh here's actually the clip of mike zimmer from that moment from the press conference we can all guess how you're feeling can you put into words what how you're feeling right now after everything Mm, no maybe after next week Do you think you want to get a look at Mond next week? Not particularly. Mike, why don't you want to get a look at him? I see him every day. <laughs> so would you, your cousins are good to go when you go back out there next week? Pardon me? Your cousins is included in the COVID list when you start next week then? I don't know. We'll talk about next week, next week. <clears throat> By the way, credit to veteran, veteran football writer Chip Scoggins for yeah. that follow-up question about Kellen Mond. Yeah. What? Why don't you want to see more of him? Right. I mean, that was like the disdain in his voice and eyes when he clapped back after that first Kellen Mond question. And it has, again, has nothing to do with whether Mond is crappy or not. It's like, why are you throwing that dude under the bus that hardcore? Because he knows he's, because he he's because he's, he's a petulant child and he's devolved into a crappy leader. Like that's yeah. it. But I mean, this you know. But if you own this team, you can't watch that press conference and say, "Well, he'll calm down." Like that's a very important window into who he has become, and and the problem. And like, there's no good way to spin that. If Kellen Mond, if he really thinks he sucks, like if he thinks, "Oh my God, this guy's terrible." Then, then you got to go right to Spielman and say, "What did you do?" If Mike can't identify a guy that can play quarterback that badly, then you got to go to both of those guys and say, "What were you doing here?" Like, there's no good way when when you look at the amount of moves this team made, and the draft picks who didn't play, and the and the guys that they misjudged. 
there's no good like person um, way to tell the personnel story of this team. Bashad Breland was awful. You signed him late. I get that. But you still basically um, made Dantzler in training camp a non-factor to play Breland, which clearly means one thing. You thought Breland could play. You were wrong there. Um, the guard. I, I mean, you draft a guard in the third round, and then, okay, so he shows up fat. He's a lineman. He shows up fat. Now, I get that that's a problem, but I'm, I will go back to this and actually you know what this might be the most damning thing let me give you the most damning Jeff, thing. we have to get to some callers yeah, here yeah, yeah. so okay just quickly give us 30 more seconds the most <laughs> the most damning thing might be this you had to call Ole Udo right before training camp started and move him to guard from tackle mm-hmm. that is a fireable offense right there that's a fireable offense yeah I know it seems small but it's a huge ask it's yep. unfair Who's up next here on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Down Under. Let's go to Sam from Australia. Sam, how are you? Hey, boys. How are you going? First hey, time Sam. caller, long time listener and social media guy. Awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for your content. First, straight up. Thank you so much for your content. It's hard to get, you know, the direct line to Minneapolis so far away, and you guys definitely fill that void. So thank you so much for that. I did something I'd never do. I bet on a Green Bay today, and I won a lot of money on that. It was easy money, obviously, but and I feel dirty doing it, but it also makes me feel a little bit happier given what's going on in your, in your city. Uh, and my question is not what you think they'll do, but is there a reason why they cannot get rid of Zim, Kirk, and Spielman all at once when I say all at once, in within a month or so, is there a reason why they can't do it? That's my question to you boys. Thank you so much for your for your work. Yeah, Sam, thank you. And I want to I want to throw it back to Judd because Judd is this, this is heat check Judd tonight, and I I want to make sure we mix <laughs> right. in some we Good mix shot. in some fans here, but I also don't <laughs> want to take the ball out of Judd's hand when he is just like on fire and spot on. So my my worry has been that you're probably not going to go three for three if you look to hire a GM, a coach, and bring in a new quarterback. Sure. Maybe that worry is just misplaced because, like, what are they really losing out on? They've missed the playoffs three out of the last four years anyways. Um, like, they haven't been above 500 in seven days. And so, like, that would be my reason why. But, like, is there any reason not to start over at all three of those this offseason? This is why I, I hope that they have been back-channeling a GM for months now. And this is why I would get in GM, I would fire the coach, new GM hires the coach, and those guys decide on Kirk. And if they flat out tell me and have a plan for, you know what, Kirk Cousins doesn't work. He is not a winner. He is a selfish person. He, he's, a, he's a good QB with a 10-cent head. Then I think he's gone. But if they also come back and t- tell me, we're going we're gonna to get Kirk to take a pay cut, and we're going to make this work. Uh, I am not for one second saying that the will should decide on the quarterback, but I do think they need to hear different voices uh, decide on the direction of the personnel department. And that goes back to why I said this team needs from top to bottom football wise an audit. Mm-hmm. They need an, and, and the quarterback to me should be up to the new administration. Um, but if I'm told, Hey, Kirk is not good at this. 
He doesn't have the requisite things. I would be more than happy to say, let's trade him, recoup the cap room, and and let's hit a reset button that's probably fairly large, but you don't have to wait five years. Yeah, and you're, like the good news is your roster, you're not starting from the, the place that the freaking Texans are starting from. Like you have a, it, there's some flaws definitely, but you have a roster that can compete, they can go to the playoffs, they definitely underachieved this year. Bad coaching, bad juju, chemistry, injuries, everything. So it's not like like if they were to start over at those three spots, GM, coach, and quarterback, it's not like the garbage teams in the NFL doing the same thing. In fact, this head coach, and you and you wrote about this and talked about this earlier in the week, this is a prime head coaching opportunity for somebody, whether Kirk's the quarterback or not. Like Justin Jefferson, you got a couple really good offensive tackles. and Fantastic. Neil Hunter might be back. Like there's some, there's some great reasons to want to take this job. But I think if you're the Wolves, you have to start with what is the current goal of the franchise. Mm-hmm. The current goal of the franchise should be to win a Super Bowl sometime in the next two to five years. That should always be the goal. But like you're not blowing this thing up. You're not starting over. Can you win a Super Bowl with Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer, and Kirk Cousins as the three main figureheads of your organization? And the answer very clearly is no. I don't need to see it run back with those three guys. So then if if you come to that obvious and easy conclusion, then your next question should be, okay, how many of those three need to go? I think the coach has to go. I'm now coming around your line of thinking and saying that Rick Spielman can't be the general manager anymore. If he wants to take some cushy advisory job or something, mm-hmm. great. As much as I disdain Kirk as a starting quarterback in so many ways and as a leader or lack thereof, I would listen if his cap number was $20 million instead of $45 million. I don't think he's going to agree to that, especially knowing that like there might be a new coach and a new GM. Like, just trade me. His agent him might just say, just get me somewhere else. Right. Trade me. Right. And so from there, I guess I'm I'm likely to just start over at all three. I guess. I mean, what do you have to lose? Like what? Like what are people clinging to at this point? Right. right. They don't make the playoffs. They haven't been above five hundred in seven hundred days. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm ta- I'm sort of talking myself into. A full cleaning of Come on. the house here. Judd's, Judd's been right all along. All right, who's next? Vikings Ventline. Let's go to Dalen. Dalen, what's up, man? Welcome to Ventline. How are you? Hey, guys. Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Rain Good. In there. Um, so I got a couple things I want to get to. Um, I think it was announced Friday, I believe it was, that they announced that Sean Mannion was going to be the starting quarterback. Was that Friday? Yes. I think any Vikings fan or maybe any – any fan in their right mind knew that there, it really wasn't going to be much of a game. Um, and to top it off, the team basically played with no energy. Um, on the offense, defensive side of the ball, and special teams as well, I really didn't see any energy from anybody. It, it didn't look like anybody really wanted to be there. Um, no one was really excited about like having the opportunity to still get into the playoffs, but I agree that I don't think we should be going to the playoffs regardless. But no one played with any energy. The, the coaching was just absolutely terrible. Um, I, I knew it wasn't going to be much of a game, and I don't really know what else the Wilfs or anybody else, um, Vikings fans as well, really need to see from 
from Zimmer and Spielman and Cousins that what we have right now is just not working. And we really either need a change or we need a reset or we need something because this is just not working. And for the talent that we have on this team, we should not be a seven and eight, seven and nine, sub 500 team. It's just absolutely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dalen, good stuff, man. I mean, this is this feels like one of the deadest, most lifeless punch in, punch out Vikings teams I can remember in a long time. Maybe even in the eight years of Mike Zimmer. They had a weird year in like 2016 or something, but like it just it just feels like a bunch of dudes who are kind of in it for themselves. There's not nearly as much fire and passion as you are used to seeing for teams that are supposed to be playoff teams. You know, the starting quarterback loves to go and sit down with his helmet on, clenching his teeth for half the game on the bench. Like, it's just, uh, there's just a deadness about this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they we and we've tried to make up excuses for it. You know, well, cl- close games, they're losing close games. But after a while, if you now go back through week by week by week, there there have been breadcrumbs left as to what's wrong. Um, and so like, you'd be like, well, if they got the field goal in week two, well, okay, that's great to talk about, but there's a lot of problems and there's a lot of different instances where now if you put the pieces of the puzzle together for this year and what went wrong, um, it's pretty damning, I think. And, and tonight's the perfect end. Like tonight's the perfect, okay. Yeah. Now we've seen it. And, and for Mike to go up to the podium and be that defiant and you know i don't want to see mon but come on that's just another another nail in the coffin of this entire year and what's gone wrong and why i flat out do not think it's salvageable so like zimmer i mean come so, on. someone needs to do just like like a documentary on zimmer's last four years in general like getting saddled with kirk and turning into even more of a just a a crusty <laughs> Outlaw at the podium, just ripping ripping a rookie quarterback, dating an Instagram model who's like thirty yeah. years younger than him. Like it's been a weird four years for Mike. That sounds Zimmer. like a good documentary. I'd watch that one. Netflix, Hulu. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Score North documentary. Maybe we can do uh, the Man in the Arena season two featuring Mike Zimmer the last four years. Move <laughs> yeah. over, Tom Brady. God. <laughs> it's the man in the arena. Mike Zimmer. All right, who's next? Vikings Bentline. Let's go to Chris. Chris, what's up, man? Welcome to Bentline. How are you? What's up, Chris? I am doing good, fellas. It's finally good to to meet you guys and talk to you guys. What's I'm up? a I'm an East Coaster, so it's really hard to find any good Vikings content. So I've been listening to you guys since the le- the end of last season. I just I just thank you, thank you so so much. Thank you for just giving us like, a good perspective, man. So uh, just getting into what I want to talk about, what you guys have been kind of talking about has been leadership off the field, which I think all Vikings fans can agree. It's a crapshoot. But looking at leadership on the field, I don't think people understand. And then this is my problem with Kirk Cousins, right? So watching the game tonight, it was so disturbing to watch this offense because it looked the same as if Kirk Cousins was there, right? You're seeing the same checkdowns. You're seeing C.J. Ham for some reason, <laughs> Tyler Conklin catching 20-yard or th- at least trying to catch 20-yard passes for some strange reason. It's, it looked the same. And not just the, the, the actual plays being called, but the body language of the people on the field. You look at Justin Jefferson, 
You look at the offensive line, and there's no energy, there's no juice. They're all responding to Sean Mannion the same way they respond to Kirk Cousins. That's a problem because what that tells you is Kirk Cousins brings no juice. Kirk Cousins is not a leader. That Kirk Cousins has all the talent of a starting quarterback, but mentally, that means he's a backup quarterback. There's no reason that everyone on that team should be responding to Kirk Cousins the same way that they respond to Sean Mannion. I watched Tom Brady today, right? And we saw like the historic meltdown from Antonio Brown. Like that's, I've never even dreamed that that could possibly happen on a football field, right? And then Tom Brady at the end of the game, you know, the team knows if we can get Tom the ball with two minutes, we're going to win the game. So what what does the defense do? They step up, Tom gets the ball, and everyone in the stadium knew that Tom Brady was going to go down the field and score a touchdown. Why? Because Tom Brady is a leader. This pretty much was the same offensive line that was around Tom Brady that was around Jameis Winston. No one believed that it would happen with Jameis, but with Tom, you knew it. And he went down the field with some rubber bands, a safety clip, and then a popsicle stick caught a touchdown to win the game. And then the man went out for two. That's leadership. That's leadership. When you are able to bring energy to your team, when everyone, not just the players on offense, but the players on defense know, hey, if this guy gets a chance, I know we can do something. Like I said, I'm I'm a, I'm an East Coaster, right? So I'm in the Maryland area. And it's funny because everyone's like, oh, I'm, I'm Washington. I'm sure the football team, they really miss Kirk Cousins. No one misses him. No one. They laugh at me when I walk around. I'm, I'm wearing a Teddy Bridgewater jersey. They always say, hey, hey, how you like Cousins? Huh? Yeah, yeah. They laugh at me and walk away. And they're so happy with Tyler Haneke. You know why? Because the guy's got guts. Because they see that dude each week try hard. They know he sucks, but he tries. He throws the ball down the field. He gives his guts out. He plays his guts out every week, and he inspires those guys to run through walls with him every week. This is why I like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy can't play like uh, Cousins. Teddy has a, a water pistol for an arm. His legs don't work right anymore. But you know what? Those dudes play hard for Teddy. Why? Because the man is a leader. Leadership matters in the NFL. And, yes, Kirk Cousins puts up the stats and all that kind of stuff, and he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. But why doesn't he throw interceptions? Because he doesn't take chances. He doesn't want to mess up his contract. He wants to make sure that he has the money. You know who does that? Backups. Backups just want to make sure that they do everything that the coach says. They don't want to mess up the pot. They don't want to stir it up a little bit. They don't want to get up and say, hey, this is what needs to be done. There's no reason that Justin Jefferson is the only person on that offense that is standing up and saying we need to be more aggressive. Kirk Cousins should have been saying that since the end of last season. So all these people that are standing up talking about, oh, no, Kirk Cousins is great because of this, because of his stats and blah, blah, blah. They have no idea, uh, no idea, no idea what true leadership looks like. And the problem is, for us, we haven't seen that since Brett Favre, what, 15 years ago. Yep. Just saying. 100% right. Chris, that was one of my favorite calls, so to speak, of the season, dude. That was... That was spot on. You need to be a regular on Vikings Vent Line. Thank you for bringing your passion to the show, man. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll be back awesome. on. Awesome. Appreciate dude. you, Chris. Awesome, man. That was uh, that was Vikings fan Chris just slinging good, good the truth. Slinging good. the truth. You know, I'm trying to think of a movie example. The best one I can think of, and it's going to be a dated reference, but do you guys ever see that movie Drop Dead Fred from like the early 90s where – this gal has an imaginary friend that only she can see. I remember it. I don't know if I saw it or not. And he just, like, causes so chaos in every room. Like, he's just, like, 
you know, he's this wacky thing that's like very obvious to her in every room and like, and she'll turn to her friends and family like, you can't see that? How can you not see that? He's literally like, you know, tipping over a cupboard. My imaginary friend. That's the way I feel about Kirk Cousins' leadership and intangible problems. It's like, and I think the three of us all sort of see it, right? Like we see the intangibles clear as day. They're not, they're not there. The leadership, it's not there. And I'm watching him, and I know that he puts up numbers. I know he's accurate. I know that if you give him a clean pocket, he can throw for 300 yards, and he can dissect the defense when conditions are perfect and it's a noon game against an AFC team. Like, I know he's going to carve it up. Mm-hmm. But there's this huge imaginary friend elephant in the room called intangible and called leadership, and I see it. He doesn't have those things. Like, he's bad at those things, and there's so many people that either don't see it or don't think it's important it's like, well, yeah, but, like, just give him a clean pocket. You think that, like, you, okay, four straight playoff games, you think the expectation is just, well, just get him a clean pocket for the entire month of January against the Buccaneers and the best teams in the NFL. It's like, no, dude. If he can't lead and win in muddy conditions, so to speak, not literally muddy, but, like, mm-hmm. imperfect conditions, it's checkmate. Mm-hmm. It's checkmate. I don't care if he's making $10 million or $35 million, like, those are the games you're going to want. First of all, like they're a step away from even being in those games. But like once you get to those games, why don't you guys complain more about the defense? Okay, the defense is a problem. But this quarterback thing is checkmate for your franchise. And I, and, and I don't care if you have to trade him or ride it out for like whatever the answer is, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. So, yeah, absolutely. Three years, man. You had your three years, and you should have said that's it. And instead you said... Let's extend him. It's probably right, let's keep it rolling here. Who's next? Vikings Bentland. Let's go to Seamus. Seamus, what's up, man? Welcome to Bentland. How are you? What's up, Seamus? Before I even begin with whatever the heck you want to call that tonight, I uh, just want to say I love the show. Love all three of you. You guys really help keep me going through this time of misery and depression. Thank you. Uh, as no, for that, thank you. Appreciate that. Whatever you want to call that. Um more or less, that game for me was a case study of Zimmer poli- player politics. Sean Mannion starting today for who knows what reason. Could Mon seriously be any worse than what we saw today? I mean, he, well, he was bad in his three plays as well. well so I would say the answer is probably yes, but yeah. And that comes down to coaching, essentially. I knew from day one when he was drafted, there were no plans for Kellen Mond. This was just... I don't know if it was just something to get the fan base excited or just just to show that we, they were doing moves or something. I knew they were probably – Kelman was going to sit there and do nothing. He was just going to collect dust somewhere in a corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is, is like, okay, moving forward, what are the plans here? Is Kelman going to be shown the door? Is he going to be developed into anything? Or was this just a – that's the frustrating thing for me here is I watch Zimmer and we trot out, we trotted out guys like Dakota Dozier for a full, or a full season. We trotted out guys like Bashad Breland and there's some form of like a political structure here with players, of course, where it's like, we are going to put so much confidence in these players, even when we, the eye test and the stats and everything shows that they are playing absolutely terrible. Mackenzie Alexander being another one. And I'm sitting here going, are you seriously telling me Wyatt Davis has not done enough to show you that maybe he merits even just a look out there? Chaz Surratt doesn't even 
are you telling me he doesn't value a look out there? Are you any pick a name? Even when a guy like Cameron Bynum has gone out there and shown you that he can play. Why is he not out there? Please tell me, give me one reasonable explanation. Because I think Rick drafts players that Rick likes and, and that Rick thinks should be developed. And Mike and Rick are not when, when it comes to draft picks. Clearly now, I think they are not on the same page and haven't been for, you know, three three years. Yeah. Um, I think Rick still is signing guys as free agents that Mike approves of. So like, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson, Breland at the time. But I really think that, that this comes down to, and the third round of two thousand of the 2021 draft in the Vikings case is a perfect example. I think Rick took players Rick liked, and and he did he did it with no real concern about the fact that Mike was going to bristle and not play guys and complain about the fact that he doesn't like young players. I mean, Chaz Surratt is a quarterback turned linebacker, okay? Like, when I think of that, I think of, unless it's just a special talent, I think of late-round pick probably, right? Like, you're going to convert him. Late-round pick. They took him in the third round. The odds of Zim embracing that were negative 5.7. Yeah. And on, on the Mon front, and by the way, Seamus, thank you, man. Appreciate your passion mm-hmm. and jumping on here on Vikings Vent Line. Um, you know, to your question about Mond, was he just drafted to collect dust? So... We did this experiment back when the Vikings drafted Mon. We went and took the last 20 years of, I believe it was third and fourth round quarterbacks. So if you were drafted in the third, like third through fourth or third through fifth, like those middle rounds, what percentage of those guys actually pan out and become multi-year starting quarterbacks? And now Kirk Cousins is one of them, and he's probably one of the best of that group of the last 20 years. I don't have the full list in front of me, but I know that it's like 22-ish percent of third and fourth round quarterbacks over the last 20 years eventually become multi-year starters. And so let's say let's say that the average team drafting a quarterback in that range, that it's like a 25 to 30 percent chance that they pan out. If that quarterback winds up with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels and the Patriots and they are constantly watering and fertilizing and developing that quarterback and you know and pushing that quarterback in the right direction right then maybe that percentage goes from let's say 25 or 30 up to 35 or 40 percent chance I would argue that Kellen Mond drew one of the shortest possible sticks in the NFL for maximizing his ability to become a starting quarterback it's not too late because I'm sure that the entire offensive staff and Mike Zimmer are going to get fired within the next week Maybe he was always destined to be a backup or to not be a starting quarterback, but his percentage chance with Mike Zimmer and a 34-year-old in over his head, Clint Kubiak, probably drops to like 5 to 10%. That you're kind of on your own, kid. Just go watch Kirk and, uh, I don't know, just study some film and go watch some Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson videos on YouTube. They didn't even like, tell him that. You know, like that's kind of where it's at. Like if he if he was drafted to a better situation, yep. and again, it's been one year. Like his career's not over. It was a long shot to begin with, but it's a longer shot based on the way the Vikings essentially have no idea what they're doing when it comes to developing and maximizing quarterback play. Yep. So absolutely. Okay. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Vikings Ventline. 
Yeah, let's go to Ren in Idaho. Ren, how are you, man? Welcome back. How are you? What's going on, boys? All right. I got lots of notes as per usual, so we'll just start going through them. I was like writing them down as you guys are going through calls. Like, oh, damn, that's a good point. I'm writing them, <laughs> writing them down. Love okay. It. Number one, Zim's gone. I already talked about it. Um, there's like, there's some, I've been seeing like the stirs. People like feel bad because they like Zim as a dude, as a coach. It's like, hey, li listen, listen to me. Hey, listen, fan. Hey, Mike Zimmer is a millionaire. He has millions of dollars in the bank. He's going to be okay, okay? <laughs> We're going to fire him. He's going to go down to his ranch down in Kentucky. It's like a million acres. He's got a big building. He can hunt and fish and do all the stuff he wants to do. His children won't have to work. His grandchildren won't have to work. Mike Zimmer's going to be fine, all right? For the Vikings fans here, we want to win a Super Bowl, and Mike Zimmer's not the guy. So if we fire him tomorrow, which I hope we do, He's going to be okay, all right? There's, he's he's going to be fine. He's not going on the streets. He's not going to be like with a can outside of Walgreens looking for money. Mike Zimmer's going to be all right. So let's just like – let's let's walk that back a little bit. It'll be okay when Mike Zimmer goes away. It's not the dude. Um, so uh, one of the things that – and maybe you guys are more connected to this than I am. Um, I don't know if he said this in a, in a press conference or if it was something that was caught on a mic. But like uh, – and you'll have the exact quote, but he said something like, Nothing makes me happy anymore except for my daughter, which like, you know, his daughter's family is obviously so which means like football doesn't make him happy. Is that an actual quote? Do you guys recall something like that coming? Through? I do not recall that. I didn't I didn't hear about that. OK, one. I don't think I'm making it up because I remember hearing it when it happened. But it was oh. like caught offside, like, oh, nothing makes me happy anymore except my daughter or something. Was like it that. was that the uh, there was there was a video. It was like him and Paul Allen before a Vikings Entertainment Network show took maybe air, and their mics were hot and at one point zimmer had said something like don't ask me about the bears i haven't watched the film yet was it remember, something yeah, like that? that it might have been something like that I, i'm like i know i'm not making it up but i also know i might have messed up the quote but it was something along those lines and i was talking to my wife about it i was like you know if you're a nfl head coach and you don't have like that burning passion to win and love football like yeah. it's time to go and like i said i like the guy and all but like you can't can't be in this league and have that um so just just a note and i've got side notes like i said you guys were talking so i was like writing them down a that dpi on kendrick's you guys were mentioning like the body language on the field yo kendrick's had that dpi on Devonte adams and like yo these teams are supposed to hate each other like, this is the packers like I, I get it we're trash and they're going they're like probably going to the super bowl you, you should still hate them like kendrick's had that dpi and he's like smoking and joking with adams like oh you got me oh they got the flag it's like i was like no, push push him down. I don't. Even, you already you're already getting flagged. Like get the get the personal foul too. Who cares? Screw these guys. They're the Packers, you know. And they're just like having a good time. Like oh, I'll see you next year. It's like hope you guys do good in the Super Bowl, you know. And it's like that body language. I was watching that. Like I don't really care because like I've been dead inside since the Dallas game. But like it's just like you notice those things when you watch it, you know. So the 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 body language is a very real thing that people have been pointing out. Uh, another side side note. Uh, Chris, yo, the caller. How are you going to do my man, Teddy, like that? Water pistol? Water <laughs> it's not, pistol. It's not a real Come good on, arm. man. It's, not, it's like, not a real good arm. I saw it in training camp. It's not real I know. Good. I like. I know. Listen, I'm not going to lie and say, like, he's got, like, a cannon arm. But I love me some Teddy Bridgewater. Chris is coming out saying, like, water pistol. Yeah. I felt that. And I'm not even I'm not even in the state. <laughs> also, like, you know, Teddy, Teddy with – I think Teddy with uh, the leadership that's probably, you know, five times, ten times what Kirk's is. 
had the Absolutely. Broncos in the the exact same spot the Vikings were in record wise and you know before the injury. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a Teddy Stan. I'll defend him against all of the armies of darkness. Um, <laughs> so, okay, number three. So Kellen Moore and Vic Fangio as DC. I know it's probably not going to happen because Vic Fangio, from what I've been seeing, I guess like there's a lot of interest in him being an, a head coach elsewhere. I don't know, but like if we get Kellen Moore as head coach, which I wouldn't be against. I would want someone like a Vic Fangio as DC if he's available. Now, if he gets offered a head coaching job, he's not going to take a DC job in, in right. Minnesota. Um, the only thing I'm not super comfy with Kellen is like he's just so young. He looks like I could take his lunch money and he wouldn't fight back, which is like kind of a problem on a football team. Um, but I think any offensive coach would look at our roster and salivate. They're just like, so I have to fix some holes on the offensive line, and I gotta, I've got an issue at quarterback. To like either I keep Kirk hopefully bring him back on a cheaper contract or I just go, you know, complete Armageddon, bring somebody else in and suck for a year, but then I'll have more flexibility in 2023. So um, whatever the options are, I think uh, um, Ziggy, or as I like to call him, Jersey Wario is going to be able to like make some changes here and in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, time for a mini rebuild. I've already said it. Uh, we have to tear it all down. I'm an old, technically an old millennial. I think I'm older than Dex, but I'm younger than the uh, the other two. Uh, but like, I've got time, but not a lot of time. And my dad's in his late 50s, and he's been watching this team since it was a team. And I'm just like, I want him to see them win a the Super Bowl. Like, he's definitely older than Judd by a lot. So I'm just like, I need them to win one, just just one. So we yeah. got time for like a rebuild or two to get those old Vikes fans who remembers the 60s and 70s to like see one like as they're in their grave, just like, ah, just one, ah, <laughs> just fall to the ground. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, Kirk was good for maybe nine more points in that game. We would not have won if Kirk started. So anybody who says otherwise is um, should probably stop commentating on football. Um Kirk will never win a Super Bowl. I agree. Somebody said that earlier. I don't know if it was Judd or Mackey, but he will never win a Super Bowl. It's just never going to happen. Um, he wants his money, which is cool. If I was in his position, I would want my money too. Uh, but because he wants his money, he's not good enough. His value is not worth that money. He's just not going to win. So trade him to whatever sucker team would take him. Um, get a first if possible, which would be awesome. Um, he, he just it, it won't happen. Like write that down. I don't know. This isn't an official thing. Write that down for 2022. Kirk Cousins write will never down. win a Super Bowl. <laughs> thank you uh hey bradbury we've been misusing this whole time guys like he's not actually trash he's just a tight end i mean we what if it. he was like like what if he was like fullback <laughs> you know all due respect to cj ham and these wheel routes but like let's put let's put 300 pounds behind those wheel routes going i want to i want to see bradbury as tight end against chicago i mean what <laughs> do we got do. to lose put him out there Put him Sorry, out there, Luke Stocker. Routes. Luke Stocker, you're deactivated for a week. We're moving Brad. Size wise, he's probably closer to a tight end, anyways. So, like, he's an undersized it. center. But did you see how like the reluctancy of like those DBs and linebackers to tackle him? Like, yes. Oh, God, well, would you tackle him? I'd be like, bleep that. <laughs> he, he he juked a couple times, signaled yeah. first down at the end. It was Conklin was <laughs> damn near dead too. Like his head got knocked off. It's ro- rolling around and like I can't Brad remember. Did he like, actually rumbling. get? Did he get the first down? I, it's all a bird to me. Did he get yeah. first down? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah, see, it would have been amazing if he just stood up and just been like. <laughs> like that, was, that, was, that was the biggest gain of the night for the Vikings offensively. 21 yards. It's a great Fantastic. trick play. The old trick play. All right, boys. That's all I had. So Good I'll see you guys man. after our, our exhibition match against the Bears next week. <laughs> all right. Uh, so like I said, I hope we do all kinds of wacky stuff. Hey, if Wario fires him tomorrow, that's like all good for us. Um, I'm going to be refreshing and F5ing my my feed all morning tomorrow. Uh, 
Zim needs to be gone tomorrow. If they don't do that, it's literal incompetence by ownership. There's no reason to keep him on board until Black Monday. He needs to be gone tomorrow. We need to be begin our coaching search uh, this week. So, yeah, Ren, great it, Ren. stuff, dude. Good Love stuff. it. Ren, bringing the points like usual. Good stuff there. Yeah, I'm kind of like, before the game, I was kind of like, all right, I guess I could. I even threw a kind of a Twitter poll out. You know, does Mike Zimmer deserve to coach out the season? Like, if it was me, I I would just want to get a head start on what's next. I'm just fire him tomorrow. Like the way that he handled that post game press conference today, dude. Be an adult. Throwing your throwing your Sean uh, throwing uh, Kellen Mond under the bus. Like, dude, grow the bleep up. Yep. And I've definitely heard the Wilfs do not like how how he conducts himself. in his pressers because it's just so unnecessarily adversarial and, and it comes off. I mean, you, you come off as a jerk to fans then Mm -hmm. it's like, what, it's like, what are you saying? I see him. Does I see him every day in practice mean you just think he stinks? Does, I mean, just stop with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Vikings vent line rolls on here. Yeah. A couple more. Let's go to Amanda. Amanda, how are you? Welcome to vent line. Hey, Amanda. I am good. Uh, thanks, you guys, for all your commentary. Um, I have a a little bit of a, a spiel that I kind of wrote down. Kind of goes away from the game and kind of goes in a general sense about the playoffs or, you know, not playoffs. Um, so if you guys would have asked me, like, before the Detroit game, if I wanted to see the, the Vikings in the playoffs, I'd probably say yes, because, you know, it'd be fun. Maybe you'd see a surprise upset like 2019 against the Saints. But the last few games, I kind of changed my mind because we most likely get destroyed. And, you know, I was actually dreading it. You know, if, if we happened to make the playoffs, I was dreading it, you know, because we'd probably be, you know, like out right away. And that's just not cool because we've been there too many times. Um, you know, during the seasons when we would be like this, you know, this kind of in the middle, mediocre kind of thing, I say that I don't want the Vikings in the playoffs. And my dad would ask me why because, you know, I should be happy to see them in the playoffs because not – a lot of teams get the chance, and usually, you know, I end up agreeing with him, but this time, I was going to say, thank goodness is now official. The Vikings are not in the playoffs, and I can just, you know, you know just watch the game for fun next week because, you know, I'm a diehard, and I will watch the game regardless of, know where the team is at so yeah we're, we're losing amanda's connection there but i think amanda has entered the judd zolgad realm of being a minnesota sports fan which is no no if, if yeah, they're if they're not going to meet the expectation then they need it. to fall flat on their face and yeah. people need to be fired unlikable mm-hmm. teams don't deserve playoff berths mm-hmm. i mean that this, this team's despicable so go away be done Put the shirts <laughs> this team's despicable Print the despicable teams before. It. Seen it before. It's not <laughs> my right. first despicable team that I've seen. Who's next? Vikings Ventline. All right, let's go to Emma. Emma, welcome back Ooh. to Ventline. How are you? 
I'm good. You can hear me okay? I'm wearing a shirt that's in honor of your guys' mission statement I, someday. I got that shirt for Christmas as well. I got that exact same one. So, yeah, I, someday. I resist. I thought it was appropriate for tonight, especially given this is the end. <laughs> we can start thinking about the future. But, um, okay, so, yeah, my main comment about the game, my only comment was, yeah, Bradbury to fullback, Patrick Ricard style. I think I think he could be successful there. Um, but other than that, I don't really want to talk about the game. I I think, Judd, I've been thinking about this. I think I'm coming on to your side about the Spielman business. I I know nothing about being a general manager of a football team. I've never even played football, obviously. But I think two main common sense points about Spielman, bones to pick with him. Number one, if you're going to have Kirk Cousins be the guy that leads you on your quest to a, for a Lombardi, then you got to have a plan for the offensive line. And I know I'm beating the dead horse. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. But if you go into the draft with a gaping hole at left tackle and right guard, I just don't think that's a good plan. And because then you end up drafting Wyatt Davis and then no one ever sees or hears from him again. And then you end up putting a, you know, six round tackle in and it's just not a good plan. Okay. So that's number one. And then number two, and what many people considered a win now season with um, a head coach who it's no mystery, like defense is his baby and he wants as little to do with the offense as possible. You would think for offensive coordinator, either go with someone like Gary Kubiak, who's had, you know, decades of experience who on day one can be like, I know what I'm doing. I don't need help. I'm a quarterback's coach. Like Zimmer, you just worry about your defense. Like, please do that. Otherwise we're going to give up 200 yards on the ground. And then like, I'll do my thing. Or maybe they go with like an up and coming Sean McVay type, but instead they go with Clint Kubiak, who's like neither of these things. And that seemed like common sense to me too. And Clint, he might be really good in like two years or four years, but you know, I think we all kind of had you know, shared the opinion that this was like a win now season. I think Clint so, might need to go coordinate in college. You know, like Clint Clint should go be a coordinator for like five years in the ACC or something. Not yeah, the NFL. Get a little experience under his belt, maybe. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so my main question is kind of what we we're we we're getting on with one of the other callers. If you went, if you said, okay, goodbye to Zimmer, Kubiak, and um, um, Spielman, all three of them gone. Is that too, and, but then you kept Kirk and like extended him for a year or two, try to get his cap hit down. In my mind, that'd be kind of like a, okay, if you're keeping Kirk, then you want to win in the next one to three years. Otherwise you just burn it all down. So is that too disruptive to be successful, you know, for Kirk, since he's so, such like a cerebral, like systematic guy. And then um, if you, if you made those moves, would Kirk and his agent then say, well, I mean, we don't know who, uh, I've never worked with such and such new head coach and boy, the front office is in turmoil. Just trade me. Cause we're, yeah. we're kind of thinking of it from our perspective, like Vikings perspective. But if you're in fairness to Kirk, like if you're Kirk, you're probably pretty pissed off about how all this has unfolded too. Like, you know, a lot of it's on you for just not being a better leader and just better in certain games. But you know, I, I don't know that if I'm Kirk, I'm probably pushing to go play for the Steelers or something, you know? Yeah, or just pay me my forty-five million. That sounds nice, and then and then have another free agent signing. Um, yeah, and I just I think that's the thing that excites me most is thinking about a new GM. Like if Daniel Jeremiah decides he's ready for a general manager job, like I'd be all on board with that. Or I've heard people talk about Lewis Riddick too. Like these are things that sound exciting to me. So anyway, those are my. I don't know. I've been thinking more about Spielman before. I thought just Zimmer and Kubiak needed to go, but I'm coming around to that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Emma, great stuff. Thanks Good for jumping stuff, on. We'll get Thank you on again sometime. Yeah. Um, Joe, yeah, what – I mean, she's kind of where I was at, which is 
boy, if you nuke the whole thing, I mean, right? Are you gonna whiff on? What if you whiff on two key spots? I I don't know. I you might just have to just deal with that risk. And I, yeah, I was gonna say I think you have to take the chance at some point in time too because. If you get rid of Mike, you keep Rick and Rick's current job, and Rick goes out and hires the next coach. Why, why would I trust him to do that? And and then he signed. You know, I'll always go back to the fact that he signed Kirk as as a default project because they hadn't found a Q- QB. And and you know, Rick looked at the stats and accurately said Kirk Cousins is a fringe top ten QB. I guess my question is this. If you went outside this team and found a new quarterback, a, you know, a short-term fix. So let, let's say the long-term plan is to draft one eventually at some point in time. Um, but, you know, Kirk is very much a fringe top 10 guy. Like, I think on, I, I think if you take Kirk on his best day, he's within the top 10. Uh, if you take uh, December Kirk, he's outside that. And so what would it be if you if you went out and signed, let's say, quarterback 17 or 18? Like, is that that big of drop? Because the cash would definitely be a big drop. And now you can sign offensive linemen. You can sign guys on d- defense, and it's not gonna it's not going to put you up against the cap. So, you know, I think we get so concerned about, well, if Kirk's gone, what what next? Well you mean what next? You won seven games. Yeah. And and again, you can't just like like you can't just take um, Kirk Tober, like that's not just Kirk. If that was Kirk, he's a top five, you know, top eight QB for sure. But that's not him. He's a combination. And the fact is, December Kirk's not very good. And that's and that's the month where you win. I mean that. So that's where I that's where I come back to look I'm not trying to say that the Vikings should go actively find a crappy quarterback but I am saying that when you're a fringe top 10 guy you have the leeway to go down a little bit certainly cut what your expenditure on the position is to have a better team instead mm-hmm. of saying we've got Kirk and you're like okay and in September or October that's great Yep. It's funny because like everywhere it's not great. My favorite my favorite pattern with the Kirk Crusaders is when they try to say football is a team game. You can't just put team wins and losses on yeah. a quarterback. Wins are a team stat. Okay, then why does that one player who makes up one fifty third of your roster make twenty percent of the cap or more mm-hmm. next year? Mm-hmm. Well, but that's just the market. Then it's awfully foolish to a pay a guy that much. And I would even argue, like if you if you want to win a Super Bowl, like yeah, I don't I don't want to prevent someone from taking his money and paying generations of family. But like if he wants to win a Super Bowl, then he would create more flexibility so that he doesn't make twenty percent of a team's salary cap in a team game. Right? Cap is, cap is fake. Yeah, the cap is the cap so is fake. fake. It's all fake. It never catches up to you, ever. It's so fake. Um, man, this has been a two-hour therapy session here so far tonight, boys. Mm. Well, it's, it's what we do. Yeah. This no is, charge, I, too. I mean, so we're, we're, we're going to do Ventline next week. Like, it's an exhibition game, like one of the callers said. But I think it, sh- I think it should be, like, we should almost come up with a couple – 
themes that it's, it'll be vent line, but we're not going to talk about the game unless, some, you know, unless like Kellen Mond comes in because, you know, every other quarterback in the universe got hurt or something and, uh, and he lights it up. But like, you know, what do you want to see happen is going to be the theme throughout the week. We're looking well, forward on this show. Monday is going to be Monday, January 10th is going to be very intriguing, very intriguing. And all hell will break loose around the entire league. Um, but I mean, the Wilfs, I, I am very concerned that the buzz is that the Wilfs don't know for certain yet. And if you still don't know for certain after tonight, what the hell are you watching? Yeah. Or listening to? Yeah. Dude. Mm. Sean Mannion. What a performance tonight. What a performance. Sacrificial land. What a warrior that guy he, is. He's a patsy. Sean was a patsy tonight. He's the patsy. You threw him out there as the patsy. Uh, I feel bad for the for him. I feel bad for Mond. Um, I feel bad for fans. I really did expect a lot. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I expected I also, a lot. I'm also just like, I'm just kind of sick of, I, I'm sick of talking about this team with such disdain. You know, yeah. I'm just, I'm ready to be more excited about something. It's just so hard to be excited about this collection. I mean, Mike Zimmer is one of the frumpiest, least innovative coaches in the league and yeah. Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins is cardboard like they're just like I just want I want something just better to root for I, I guess. don't use the word despicable lightly they're despicable it's a despicable collection as individual human beings they might be great got no clue don't really care but as a group they're despicable it's a bad it, it it's not a good team of people together yeah. they don't work and yeah, Phil, you're exactly right. I mean, it's one thing to be cranky football coach. It's another to be like Mike has been, which is miserable. He's miserable. Why are you doing this, dude? You're rich. The guy was right. He's got he's a millionaire. Go to your ranch and have fun. Yeah. Um and 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 look, I flat out have come to the conclusion that one reason why Rick talks about his due diligence, right? We got we bring in the best psychologists and psychiatric because we, I don't think Rick can read people. I really don't think he can. I, I don't think he's good at it. And you got to read people. I'm sorry, but I'll go back to Gladney. The man dragged a woman by her hair, allegedly. And I think it's, and he was indicted for it. Like you're telling me you can't tell there's a little bit of something loose there that that's not, you know, so. I, it, it's despicable. It's a despicable yeah. collection. It should be broken up. Hey, if you guys, uh, if you're still hanging out with us here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel here on Vikings Ventline, and if you haven't clicked the subscribe button and the like button, please do so so you can you know, just uh, help us boost this show to more people and so we can give you daily Vikings entertainment in return, which is what we're prepared to do even with this death march to the end of the season. Yeah. But we're like, I feel like we said this a couple days ago. We love the off season so much, and this is going to be such a juicy off season that, man, I mean, every day, Purple Daily, we're going to be bringing you all sorts of educated speculation, mock drafts, quarterback carousel discussions. You're assuming a lot, Phil. Mm-hmm. Quit assuming so much. <laughs> this team doesn't need just any change. Fishing for clicks. Yeah, this team doesn't clicky, need any. Clicky, clicky, this clicky. team doesn't need clicky, any clicky, changes. Clicky, clicky. clicky, clicky. All right, let's get out of here. Actually, you know what? Real quick, Joe, why don't you tell the audience oh, why yeah. you look like an 18-year-old schoolboy? 
I got breaking news. I got breaking news. I don't think I've t- talked about this last Thursday. <laughs> that was really uncomfortable, too. I'm glad it's really late and I'm sort of punchy because I was really uncomfortable. Uh, but, yeah, so last th- Thursday I went, weighed in, Livia Weight Control Centers, down 32 pounds now. Two oh eight. Wow, thirty two pounds. So and- basically, that week, that week that most people just sort of let it all go during the holidays, weight. you actually lost weight. I lost That's two amazing. more pounds. I lost two more pounds. And now, and now, what I've got is an offer that is is debuting tonight on this show. It's the I did it eight week challenge. You get your first eight weeks for free. It ends soon, so-called today, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Take the Livia I Did It eight-week challenge and get your first eight weeks for free. And be like Judd, drop the weight. Look like an 18-year-old or something younger. Just look younger. Uh, Bob Bob asks on Facebook, Phil, tell us about your weight loss program. So uh, Judd here for Livia, but Phil here for Salmonella food poisoning. If you're looking to lose a quick five or ten pounds in, I don't know, like a 36-hour period, Mm. why don't you eat some undercooked brisket at a questionable Mm -hmm. restaurant in the outskirts of Phoenix, hug the toilet about three times between 1 a.m. and 8 a.m., and then lose your appetite for the next four straight days. That is my weight loss plan. You see, do it the right way. Livia. Livia.com. Yeah. Today's word, despicable, kids. Today's word, today's word on Sesame Street is despicable. That's the Vikings. All right. Yeah. All right. We got, so we got to rest up for pie chart Monday, pie chart of blame. I got to come up with my pie chart. And uh, statements on Mackie and Judd. That's our other daily show. So you can check us out. Thank you to all of you for joining us tonight. Hopefully this was therapeutic for you. And for joining us all season, helping us build this community of smart and hilarious Vikings fans. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.